Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Yo, 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 yo. What's poppin'? What's goody? What's goody? What, what's good? What's good? What's good, my dude? Roberto the award tour. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. We back at it, man. Guard Your Girl Boxing, Roberto Flack. Uh, the rest of the Guard Your Girl Boxing family will be joining us shortly as we count down to Cinco de Mayo. Less I can't believe how close away. we are, man. Less wow. than a month. It's crazy. I was you know, telling been... somebody that today. Like, yeah. it's like surreal like it's like wow like you know they premiered the commercial today i don't know if you saw it the, like i guess the official commercial for you know they're, mm-hmm. they're both like walking in the desert and it's you know floyd and manny like walking and then it's kind of like you know the the road ends here and it's you know mayweather versus Pacquiao on pay-per-view and it's like wow man <laughs> yeah i wonder if that commercial crashed instagram i don't know if you sure at work or whatever earlier but uh, Instagram. I mean, yeah, even, even like even some people that like like some of the cast was hit me up for it too. They're like, "Yo, did you see that commercial?" And yeah, like, yeah, get ready, it's, here it's we a, go. It's a dope promo for sure. Um, and um, I was trying to get it. Uh, I was I was talking to Dots early. I was trying to get him to throw it up on the uh, Instagram page, but the uh, Instagram talking, really. Are you talking about throwing up the commercial earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just talking about the commercial. I said, "Did that shut Instagram down?" yeah man it's crazy man it's crazy it's just like you know less than a month away and you know i think now we're starting to see just little bits of the promotion going on and you know we got the specials coming up and and but besides that man we still got a lot of boxing ahead of us man. no (laughs) doubt no doubt And that's one of the things that, you know, before we get into to, to the meat and potatoes, you know, we'll save our dinner for later and, you know, get into these these great appetizers that, you know, the boxing has been serving us. Um, last Saturday, man, um, it's crazy because Sleep had hit me up and was like, yo, what time the fight come on? I said, yo, we back in, it's back to 1985. The fight's over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was on at 4 o'clock, you know? I mean, yeah, like, that's well, a great thing, o'clock. though, you know? Three, well, the three o'clock started right. at 3, right, yeah. Right. Right. And um, I don't know, you know, um, what was your thoughts on the fight? You know, um, what did you take out of it? Uh, uh, I mean, you know, it was an expected victory right. from Stevenson. And, you know, I think leading into the fight, it's just now it's becoming apparent that, you know, uh, Stevenson and Kovalev is just the fight to be had at light heavyweight, even though Kovalev does have um, – I believe he has a mandatory coming up in June, if I'm not mistaken. Like May or June, he's got another fight. But I think we touched on it last on the last show that there's a a purse bid coming up April 17th mm-hmm. that Heyman's throwing 10 million to get this fight done. And you know, it's going to be kind of funny now because of the whole Kathy Duva situation, and she's been very vocal about you know the whole Heyman network. 
uh, extravaganza. So it's like, it's like, can she back up the 10 mil? And, you know, that's going to be a whole other situation. But other than that, like, we saw what we saw from Stevenson. And, I mean, the guy's got power, man. I mean, we know that. But it's kind of funny that Malinaji was kind of just hinting the whole fight, like how he's like a one-trick pony. And he, right. he's kind of like just making examples of it as, you know, he was shown in the ring. And, I mean, I, we know what we get with Stevenson. You know, it, it's it's just – it is what it is. You know, we, I mean, when you look at it on paper, Kovalev – in comparison, is the better boxer, but just like with a lot of fights, man, it's the the, the power is an X factor, and we've seen Kovalev drop, you know, like by just like random guys. But I mean, that's I mean, that's just getting ahead though, because I mean, there, there's no guarantee that fight, you know, <laughs> happens immediately. So we we still got to see what happens as far as that whole first bit situation. Yeah, Doc, I mean, I wanted to chime in about the. Uh... Stevenson fight. I mean, the one thing about uh, about Stevenson and and Saki Obika, the old man Saki Obika, who gave uh, who gave Jadon some good scraps and uh, yeah. a lot of other dudes back at, uh, in his heyday at 168. I, I think this right. was never at any po- never at any point in the fight that I think that Stevenson was in danger. You know, so this yeah. is one of those this is one of those opponents that we just basically got to keep uh, Adonis active. But I hope this is not indicative of the type of fights we'll see on network TV on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because no, the, I think... the, the, the jig will be up real quick, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think this is kind of one of those, you know, those action movie type of deals where, you know, you kind of go there to see the actions and not really care about what the plot's about. Um, I, you know, we got to remember that the casuals are, are, are tuned in heavily too. So, you know, some of these matchups are on purpose, you know, like you got, like you guys said, stay busy, uh, a fight for, uh, Stevenson. It was more about Stevenson and Bika, you know, to, uh, to, you know, showcase his talents of, of being an offensive uh, fighter and a hard hitting fighter. So it was really nothing out of the norm that happened, I think, like we all alluded to and everybody's waiting for, and that's the collision course with him and uh, Kovalov. And I, I think that uh, it's marinating, and it's probably a fight you'll probably see in probably about two years. Well, you Just know knowing what? how boxing works. What, what's the right. Point? That's it's why it's 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 too good to be it's true it's to happen this year. Like, But let's keep it to keep it in, 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 the, in the context of economics. The American public really doesn't know what Donna Stevenson is. Let's be oh, no, no, so, no, no doubt. So no, no, no. This, yeah, this, yeah. It served its purpose. You, you know, you, you showcased him on a Saturday afternoon, action-packed fight. He knocks the guy out. You build him up. So now, you know, the next tier, which is trying to put together the, uh, the next boxing mega fight, which is, you know, for all the marbles at 175, you know, hey, you, 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 we already know who Kovalev is. He beat a legend, right. you know. Mm-hmm. So people are a little bit more, uh, they're better acclimated with who Sergey Kovalev is. But Donna Stevenson now has to do his part and make and endear himself to the, the North American fans south of the Canadian border so that now this mega fight, if it's going to take place, is worthy of it being a, a, a pay-per-view matchup outside of because you know like I was telling R.O.D. the uh, R.O.D. the other day is <coughs> from from my economic standpoint, us hardcore diehard fans aren't the ones who who are sustaining boxing. You you, you still right. need the the yeah. 
the influence from the casuals to come in and, and, and sustain the sport from an economic standpoint. So you gotta make sure you're putting on these fights and fighters to appeal to a broader demographic than just, let's say, us who know weight classes weight stop at 147, and we all we actually still know the names of those weight classes. You know what I'm saying? So we're, 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 we're a unique bunch. So I understand why they put that fight together on Saturday. So. Yeah, but, um, again, I, I can't harp on it enough. It's just, it still is a good feeling to – you know, turn on to these networks and have boxing on, and you know, hopefully things uh you know continue to go up rather than down, and which is a perfect segue for our next topic, which is this Saturday, which is probably out of all the cars that's been showcased thus far since they you first announced this uh, premier network uh, situation. This is probably the we would agree that this is the pinnacle matchup here. Is this what this supposed to be this done, Saturday? Well, the, yeah, I think I, I like I touched on it too. Like between the first show that they put on and this one, mm-hmm. I mean, this doubleheader to me at least is a a lot more competitive. And right. you kind of, I mean, I I mean, I, I picked the winner in both. But you kind of don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of an interesting, you know, doubleheaders for for at least the casuals that they're gonna. I think style wise, they they present um, exciting matchups, but. Even for the boxing fans too, man, it's it's kind of like you you really don't know, man. It, it, and I, that's why I think this it's more of an intrigue type of card than the than the first one, where you can kind of heavily lean towards one guy. Where here, you know, it's kind of you're on the fence with both of them, you know, or with both fights as far as like anything can really happen, but. I mean, it should yeah. be dope, man. I mean, I, I should be dope. No, I agree. I think that what I, I had put up a post a while back on Instagram, I said this fight here, this card here, is more about Danny than it is about anybody else on this card. And, yeah, I agree. You know, you know this, is, this is really, you know, a chance for Danny uh, to redeem himself from, you know, two back-to-back uh, subpar fights. You know, yeah. um, since the Matisse fight, you know, he looks subpar. One fight, the the, the the masses out there thought he actually lost against Herrera. And, you know, he had a subpar showing against, a, you know, a Zab, an over-the-top Zab Judah. So this fight here against Lamont where um, – we'll get on our predictions in a second. You know, um, Lamont's no pushover, you know, um, you got two losses. Like it's funny because when I was looking at, because you you know, and boxing is a weird animal. Today's boxing, because back in the day, two loss, you know, losses didn't really mean anything. But it's like guy, the guy has two losses against pretty two decent good fighters, and you know, you you kind of get written off and forgotten about. And you know, um, instead of cap, which which way did what what way did they fight that? One forty three. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. One forty three. Big Mike just came in the building. So, um, <laughs> big, big, so we'll big get Mike hits cat tweets. Big Mike, you missed it. We were just talking about Big Mike is a uh, a big Stevenson guy. I've and, been uh, I've been listening to the the commentary on. Um, oh, Trump, before we get into, I would love to hear your take on you know what took place with Stevenson and what's to come. I, I think Stevenson and Kovalev is something that has to happen. I think the boxing community. Would like to see that fight uh, a lot faster than two years, as somebody mentioned. I think if it's two years, I think that's a big problem. 
Um, I, I I do think that um, Kovalev um, is probably the better fighter, but I think that Stevenson has a little bit to his arsenal that could possibly uh, give Kovalev some problems and and knock him out. I mean, he has the he has the, definitely has the power to do that. Um, Kovalev is more of a welcome down type of beat you down robot, but Stevenson has he has a he has a little degree of slickness to his his game. I mean, he you know he he's just not some guy that's just swinging a lot of punches like Kovalev does, um, and that seems to be effective with these. And I'm not making a generalization, but with these European fighters, I think Kovalev is nothing but a big GGG. They have, like, the same type of fight style. They have a lot of power. They walk people down. They throw a lot of punches. And they're, they're like, relentless. But if if Stevenson could play it, you know, if he could, if he could fight them smart and, you know, not square up, um, perhaps he could land something that could really upset Kovalev. Just like you said, um, trained at, um, Kovalev got dropped by a couple of bums on a couple of times, so um, he's not immune to uh, to a power punch. And I think Stevenson has enough power to to really uh, to really do something to him. They got to ride or die. You know, you know, one thing that that concerns me though is, is like you were saying, this fight has to get made sooner rather than later because if you were to play the law of averages and this fight stretches out into 2017, possibly it being made, I, I don't think Stevenson can remain undefeated during that spell the same way I, I think Kovalev can still remain undefeated. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'll lose some of the appeal because I think Stevenson has has the capability to lose that lose a fight quicker while this fight is in limbo. And then right. we'll we we'll all we we'll all get robbed and I agree. Seeking the, I agree. Seeking the allure of the fight is going, so but, they got to get a, in that big gap. But a lot of that comes from the management. The management nowadays is, you know, it's more as you you hide a good fighter, you give them, you know, a whole bunch of bums to rough up, and uh, and then you keep a uh, the possibility of a huge fight swirling around, and then. It just it just never it just it never occurs until it's like it, it's still like much later, um, you know. Uh, to my in my opinion, um, Stevenson should have fought Behop. That fight probably will never happen because it's it's not even a relevant fight for him now. Yeah. But, but um, you know he should have fought Behop, and then it should have it should have climbed after with Kovalev. But but the way he was advised, you know, it was you know. You know, scrape up a couple bums, a nobodies, you know, and get your name out there, and uh, and then possibly do like a Kovalev in a couple of years. And I I just don't like that about boxing now. And it's, it's it seems like that's the, the management trend. And uh, and uh, not to be all political about it, but it's just it's just what we're saying now. The thing the thing with the light heavyweight division. At least to look on a positive note to where it can maybe happen sooner than later is like, I mean, there's really nobody there that's gonna, or at least several guys that it's gonna last like two years for them to hold on the fight and then boom, you know, then a super fight's made, you know, being that they went through several guys. There's really like nobody there, and, and you look at at like you know what what they have available. And you get the lineal quote unquote champion who's Stevenson and then Kovalev. 
and I, I just I can't see how long they can wait to make it happen and and or put guys there that's going to attract people and be like, oh, well, we want to see Kovalev or Stevenson because the thing – and this is where, like, Al Heyman comes in as far as what he's doing now with this all these network deals and, and, and so forth. Now we're going to see if the matchups are going to be made. Like, all right, fine, you know, the, the Bika-Stevenson fight, you know, all right, we'll get that, but – at this point, like, it looks as if they're trying to match these guys up. And I don't see how many guys they could put in there, particularly with Stevenson, because with Kovalev, I mean, you could say he beat Pascal, he beat B-Hop, you know. So, I mean, that's already two notches. So, it, it, I think there's going to be pressure for the fight to be made. But like I was saying, it's going to be interesting what happens with this whole purse bit situation. And if HBO is going to get involved and try to match it and what have you. So, I mean, we'll see, man. I mean, like like you said, like the politics could get in the way, but I think there's going to be a lot of pressure for it to be made because these guys can't, I think, last even a year and a half fighting number like number five or number seven and, and, and trying to get a crowd response. Like, I just don't see it happening. Well, like I we'll said, I, I just think the management is taking a certain trend now. And uh, it, it's it's you know it's a couple of fights that I think the fans should be uh, should be it, there should be some public outcry, but that's just how the way it goes now. So um, you know uh, we'll we'll see. <laughs> how long ago this is Ryder Guy? How long ago has the light heavyweight division been in a situation where we've been actually wanting two good champions to fight each other? It's a while. Oh wow! Exactly. Probably the nineties. Exactly. I mean, like, who was Roy fight? Well, when he was at light heavyweight, I mean, what was the nothing? Well, yeah, there was. Well, what was Roy and Carver? Roy and Carver fought light heavy. They fought light heavy, but but before that, you like, when was there? My point is that that Roy that Roy Tarver fight, like you keep alluding that that Roy Tarver fight was not like a super fight everybody was. No, expecting. no, right, right. And that right. was that, that was. Kinda, I mean, to be honest, that was to be honest, Carver to that be honest, just Mike, called them out. <clears throat> exactly. No, that, that, that wasn't a super fight. No, you're right. But no, I know, I'm it, was saying, a, it was a it was a lot of uh, it was a lot of buzz when Roy went up to heavy to beat up uh, a bum John Ruiz. Yeah. And then you know everybody nah, nah, was nah, thinking. No, no, no. Listen, no, listen, listen. No, what I'm saying is let's not get sidetracked. When we when we talk about like heavyweight fights, when we talk about Kovalev, we talk about <coughs> Stevenson. These guys are on a, on a crash course to meet each other, sort of like who was Michael Moore supposed to fight? Um, Coltrane. Remember when he was knocking everybody out? They was trying to get him to fight Roy. Well, yeah. They, uh, right. Mm-hmm. And, and Michael Moore, and what happened was Michael Moore was like 27-0. He had a bunch of knockouts, and Michael Moore moved up. They were really – I will never forget when Roy was sitting on the side on the um, in the stands, and they were trying to – remember they were trying to make that fight? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. and, he moved, and he moved up. He moved up. So my point is that this division has really been, like, forgotten about. Like, Roy and Tarver were just, like, kind of like an afterthought. And the reason why that became – a big thought is because, like you said, Tarver was was stalking him at the press conferences and all that stuff, sort of like, you know, um, sort of like Mr. T was doing um, Rocky Balboa. You know what I mean? It was, like, really, mm-hmm. like, on that tip. But it wasn't really, like, these guys were two undefeated guys or guys with little knockout, you know, guys with little losses, but, you know, knockout power, and they on a crash course to meet each other. It wasn't like that. We, have, we even had 
any light heavyweight bouts like that in the, at all, at all. So, and, you know, to be honest, I, I heard a couple of things you guys said to, you know, and I will sit here and say this as well, watching the fight with um with uh, one of our GYGB uh, members, Corey, um, you know, I was watching it, uh, Kovalov fight Bernard Hopkins. He showed, you know, a little slickness in that fight. He's not a robot. Um, you know, he did a couple right. He did a couple of things, man, that made me possibly think that, you know what, he may have a little bit more slickness than Stevenson, to be honest. You know, he did some things that really shocked me that was really giving B-high problems, the jab, the hitting to the shoulder, you know, just stuff that showed you that, yo, you know what, I'm just not a knockout artist <clears throat> that could make an interesting fight. The other thing we forget to mention is that, you know, Stevenson was knocked out before. And so was Kovalev. A lot of people don't know that. He got knocked out twice in his amateur career. Um, he, he 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 was knocked out before. Cold. Hmm. Well, I, I, I think we all, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on record saying I think Kovalev beats Stevenson, but the, the one thing that I think we all have agreed upon is that both of them, uh, uh, have some chin issues, you know, and Stevenson being a puncher he is, it makes the fight, you know, that much intriguing, and Kovalov being a boxer he is, and Stevenson sort of so somewhat kind of one-dimensional style. I know Big Mike thinks he's a more of a boxer than maybe I do, but, you know, um, that still remains to be seen. You know, when those I two get in the you guys a little part. No, I'm not. Little group, little, little group, dude. <laughs> and you know, I've always been saying this for I mean, GYGB for years. <laughs> the little dudes get a lot of respect from no, the brass, I and mean, I understand that. No, no, listen. <laughs> I Listen, I was a guy that, you know, picked Bernard to beat Kovalov. You know, Ryder Dye, you know, you and I talked about it leading up to the fight, and we watched the fight. I mean, I didn't watch it with you, but we talked about it, and we was just impressed with the little subtle things that he does. You know, one of the things that I think he'll have uh, great success if they if these two ever meet is he has a great range with his jab. Yeah. And Stevenson drops his hands. I mean, he's just yeah, he's a little wild. He got a great jab, too, and he got power in his jab. Yeah. I it, agree with you. I, I would it, pick Kovalev to win. But I think it would be I think it would be a better fight than a lot of people think it would be. Oh, no, I think no, it's it would be a good fight. fight. No, it's, yeah. not, it's definitely not gonna be a bad fight. But I mean, I think that what you know, I think my my the two things I wanted to basically dispel was more or less that you know this we haven't really been talking about this division like you know we're two people on a crash course up until now. Like you know, when we talk about light heavyweights, like the last time this thing was popping like this, where you had. Two people you like, you know, we want them to fight each other was, when I can remember this much excitement was when, you know, back when Michael Moore was, like, knocking everybody out. Uh, and the other thing is, is that I think that it's a testament to what um, Coltrane said, that, um, you know, John David Jackson did a great job with him, man. He did a great job. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's okay to get, you know, what people don't understand is, and my dad always said, a lot of old heads said, back in the day, a lot of people used to get knocked down a lot. You know, yeah. a lot of great champions. But the thing about it is they always adjust it. And see, what happens is now you got a situation where this guy is just not coming <laughs> in with the axe trying to take your head off. He's doing things that are pretty much scientific. You're like, hmm, I haven't seen this before. Like, he really yeah. he really did a couple of things in that Bernard fight. Now, granted, everybody's going to go say, 
well, Bernard is 50. Well, he wasn't 50 to fight before that. You know what I mean? Uh, before that, you know, it wasn't that Bernard is 50. He was, the, you know, in some people's minds, oh, he's great. He's an alien. And in this, in this fight, he's, he's an old man, you know. But I think Kovalov did a great job listening to his trainer, executing the plans, and he showed you that he had more in his bag than just, you know, knocking people out. Right. I, well, let me ask you, let me, or about it, let me ask you, uh, let me get your thoughts on this. Um, although uh hop didn't get knocked out, I mean, well, who do you think was more competitive um, up until when Pascal got knocked out? Was Pascal more competitive or B-Hop? Against Kovalov? Yeah. To be honest, no, no disrespect, I thought, I thought Pascal was. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I thought yeah, Pascal only, only had better moments. Yeah, better yeah, moments. Only, be, only because Pascal, you know what Pascal is? Pascal is like almost. I know it's gonna sound bad. I'm just trying to think of a. I'm just trying to think of a fighter that just that just makes everybody look bad. Like you ever see how like my Yorga, like he never gets dogged. Yo, right? I was just gonna. Yo, that's so funny yeah. you were saying that. I, he he reminds me so much of him. Yeah, he's he got better he, skills, but he just. You, and, I'll, and I'll shut up after this. He just makes everybody look bad. And then after a while, yeah. like, you get your sea legs under you, and then all of a sudden he just fades. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 just Saturday night. Um, not that he's to the Pascal level and make you look bad, but Bika is, is not the easiest guy to look good against either. Nah, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. I was impressed yeah, when he knocked out Zach? Bika. Bika's not a tomato. I don't well, he's think never so. been stopped. He's never been stopped. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's never been stopped. Yeah. You know he's you know Ward you know but I mean he he's a guy that he's a rough and rugged guy you know he's not going to mm-hmm. do anything out of the norm you know but mm-hmm. it's going it's 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 going to be a grind he's going to make it you know you're going to have to go through you know some hoops to beat him you know he's yeah. a difficult guy to look he just, it, boxing always has some kind of you got yeah but these guys is difficult to look good against and he's I, um. And he's just one of those guys, you know. But even though I thought Stevenson looked good against him, you know, I mean, when he was getting hit late in the fight, the fight was over with at that point. It was like a lot of, you know, he was doing some showmanship at that point. So I'd give him a mulligan on that. But think about how we was how we were, like, really on Chad, like, to be honest, to go back. And, we and you know, Coach and I, we laugh about, we laugh about Chad, how he hit that, how he hit Pascal with that 16-punch combination in the third round. But up until then... Late. He looked yeah. terrible. He looked I never liked Dawson. I'm sorry. I never, I never was I a Chad Dawson supporter. Well, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, a lot I, mean, of I, never, were, uh, I thought it was a bunch of smoke. Well, I just, do, I just thought he was a guy that was blessed with a lot of talent. Just never, just never all came together for whatever reason. You know. Senior said. Senior said he was. The, by the way, to your point, Senior said he was the dumbest fighter he ever coached. <laughs> I, mean, I believe it. Chad, I mean, well, Daniel like, Story used to say the same. He, I mean, he didn't call him that. I mean, he used to say his work ethic, you know, the work ethic was Yeah. Good. Well, these guys that fire trainers, I, you know how I feel about guys that fire trainers every week. I, I got my issues with a guy like that. But let's move along, um, you know, just for the sake of time. Let's get into this Saturday night card. Um, uh, Peter Quillen and uh, Andy Lee, you know, uh, middleweights. Uh, well, it's not a title bout because he doesn't have his belt anymore, but it's a middleweight fight. And you got the what, what I said. I don't know if y'all heard me earlier. I said since you know the NBC and the whole national TV thing been announced with Al Heyman, this is probably the premier uh, headliner. Which with Danny, Danny probably other than Brony, Danny's probably the biggest star. 
out of all these guys that's been fighting thus far, and the guy that got the most to prove, you know. And this is more about Danny. No disrespect to Lamont, but this is more about Danny than it is about about Lamont Peterson. And I, I'll let y'all go in and give y'all opinions on what y'all think is going to take place. But so this we'll, is a we'll big, this we'll a big fight first. for Danny. We'll I, 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 the Danny fight first. Yeah, we just talk about the Danny yeah, fight. I, I, well, yeah. my my thoughts on the matter is this. I I think Danny was very impressive as you mentioned earlier against Matisse and Khan and um and and some of the others, but I don't know, until his management start started directing him. I mean he had what was his last fight wasn't even sanctioned, right? It was it was mm-hmm. like I mean the guy was I mean it was a guy that was working as a janitor that he just pulled off the street mm-hmm. to fight. And I don't um you know, that, that's a whole management story I think would be that would yeah. take up another radio show. I forgot but. about that fight. I forgot. <laughs> what was so, so, uh, Rod, what was the guy's name you just Rod Salka. Rod Salka. Yeah, the fight wasn't even sanctioned. It wasn't right. even sanctioned. I forgot so. about that little thing. Right. So yeah, it, was, it, was a, it was a glorified spar match, but not even that. But um, I think now is the time where Danny's going to have to, you know, it's, the curd is going to have to come up, man. If, he, if, if, if Danny is Danny like we think he is, I think Danny's going to have to. Uh, uh, I think Lamont Peterson is going to be the one to either expose it or either bring Danny to where he's supposed to be. Because I think Danny's been um, living below his, his potential ever since Puerto Rico. Um, I don't know what that fight was about. Yeah. yeah, that's where it started. Yeah. But I, I think after this, I think he either has to fight. Um, Broner or go come up to uh, forty seven and 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 start doing something up there. Well, that's the plan, Big Mike. Forty at for him event. Well, I mean that was the plan originally, up. and then I don't know what happened. He started taking these this 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 you know this detour or this you know I don't know what happened. He was you know what, Mike? Up to you know, you know, anyway. you know what, Mike? I'm, I'm gonna pause you for one second. You know what's funny? And I'm gonna let you continue, but I'm gonna pause you because it Who's speaking? that detour is, is right or die. Okay. That, <laughs> That that detour didn't happen recently. Like you know when it started happening, I'm gonna let you finish, but I'll just want everybody to know. It started happening when he started fighting Eric Morales like multiple times. Like who like what were you doing to fight Eric Morales like twice? Like what were you what were you thinking about? Like you fought I, him once, then you got the then you beat American, but then you fought him again. Well right. I it's it's like the same thing of fighting Chino twice. I mean it's just like, you know, it's like you, you know, it's an easy. It's like I don't know. It's 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 the management. That's I'm just. It, it's all part. It's the same thing. It's the same management that. Big, big, big Mike, we're not talking about Floyd yet. Stop wait, 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 I know. I know. Wait, 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 wait. The moderator is on to you, Big Mike. The moderator, don't think he's not listening. He's on to you. <laughs> I look. I hear what y'all say. I peeped that too, Doc. I ain't you know, saying nothing. You know what? But I gotta look. I look at the whole pizza, man. I just don't look at the sauce, man. But I just think it's a systemic issue with Danny. I think Danny has a lot of potential, and I and I think he I think he should beat Peterson. And if he does get past Peterson this weekend, uh, I hopefully we'll see some great things at 140. I definitely would like to see him fight. Broner, I think that would be a good fight, and then come up to forty-seven and uh, and 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 start cracking up there. You know, the one the one thing we talked about with uh, this is right or die. The one thing we talk about with uh, Danny is we talk about how in that American fight, 
you know, how in, in culture, and I always talk about this, how, you know, honestly, he was getting dogged. He was. Before. Yeah, he was. He I mean, was. He was, was getting dogged. He caught, he caught a mirror, yup. Yeah, he was getting dogged. He was cut over his eye, like, you know, and to be honest, the one thing I, I mean, I respect Danny for that. The one, And I'm going to tell you something, I respect him more, and I give Doc his, his properties because, so Matisse, everybody picked him just to lose because he had Zab out of there, and then Zab gave him a good rumble towards the end. And with Matisse, everybody thought that he was just going to lose, and he wound up really doing a great job with Matisse. And, and like Big Mike said, you know, the, the fight after that in Puerto Rico, he, he didn't do well, and then he fought the janitor. I think Lamont Peterson <clears throat> did give Danny a lot of trouble in the beginning. And I just think that something's going to happen towards the end of that fight you know, maybe like around the ninth to eleventh round, where Danny clips him with like a left hook or something, something crazy, and 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 you know Lamont Peterson going to be done. One of the things I'm always going to go back to, always, you know, we we go back to our habits. I always go back to how my dad and his friends, you know, who used to fight. My dad was cool with Jeff Chandler, and you know, he used to come over to the house and watch fights. It was just the fact that he used to always say that you know if a fighter's been knocked out before, you know, they have a propensity to actually get knocked out again. So I'm kind of like leery of that, and I'm looking at Lamont Peterson, how he got knocked out, and just wondering, 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 wondering what happens when, you know, Garcia lands this, you know, lands a hook on him like that. Same hook he landed on Amir Khan, and he had him all over the place. Like, what, what's going to happen? How's Lamont going to respond to that? I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? I think Lamont knows only one thing to do, and that's just to go forward. And I, I have him actually winning that fight. banger. You know? Yeah. yeah, I have him winning yeah. that fight and just getting caught with something really stupid. You got I, Danny I, winning that fight, you say? Yeah, I got Danny winning the fight. I think that Lamont is just going to, you know, just going to, I think he's going to outwork him in the beginning, but I think he's going to get caught with something really careless and stupid. <clears throat> like, Americon was winning that fight. And Americon, like, granted, Americon is in a different skill-wise than, than Lamont. He, he is, you know, he's more polished, but you know, Amir Khan just got caught with something stupid. Like, you know, just he got caught in his neck. <laughs> yeah, and Amir Khan actually he um he was actually winning the Peterson fight in my opinion. Um Oh yeah, I he, thought he won that fight. Yeah, I think I think I think I'm sorry, but I I would agree with Big Mike. That Peterson fight when he fought Khan, it, he was definitely the the, the victim of suspect Hometown referee, and I mean, it was that fight should have been. Oh, I forgot about that referee in that fight. <laughs> that fight was in DC, right? It was in DC. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a yeah, yeah I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it, that fight, that guy. Yeah. And then you get didn't um, what was what was his steroid fight? That one, no, no. that was the rematch. That one, never had that was that fight that, yeah, it was that fight where you know they he they, well Peterson got it was a rematch, victory, though, right? right? No, well, yeah, what? they went to do the rematch and then it came out that he tested positive <laughs> for such and such, and, and they got canceled. The, the got fight got canceled. Right? Yeah, right. okay. And I mean, I mean, I lobbied to try to get his titles back. Remember. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, And he kept his titles. That's the thing. He kept. That's the funny part. He kept, I think, the IBF title or something. Well, yeah, something, was, something was, along those lines. He was lobbying to turn it into a no contest. Hey, look at 
he tested it, positive for wasn't that serious. That's why he, it was. Uh, it, was for, it was for diuretics or something. I heard something. Yeah, it something was a diuretic. Along those lines. It was. Yeah. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a PED. It was like a diuretic or like diuretic. Was it yeah. tire for uh, energy or something? No, diuretic, yeah, diuretic is, it, it, gets you, it gets your water out of your body. Helps it gets your water out of your body. But you know what happens is that like some, some of the people use diuretics to mask other things, though. You yeah, know, I was right? just going to, yeah. You, well, yeah, yeah, yeah that was more. That. I knew it was something that they thought he was trying to cover something else. That's so. how these UFC guys have been yeah. getting caught. Like, they've been getting caught, like, from diuretics, but masking you know, you know, different PEDs that they've been using. So it's that's why that's how what's our boy Manny Ramirez. That's how he was getting caught. Remember they, yeah. they, they one of the things they did was they found out he had like a lot of estrogen in his body. And they're like, what is this? Estrogen, estrogen, Yeah, that's a that's a clear indication. Of estrogen, testosterone turns to estrogen after a while. Yeah, uh, but they yeah. use but some people use estrogen to mask testosterone. To mask the right, exactly. To cover it up, but I'm looking at. Listen, I'm looking at Lamont Peterson record, and I'm reminded that you know how Tim Bradley had him down. Victor Ortiz, we forgot. And about Tim Bradley's down. not a puncher, and he's not yeah, even yeah. a puncher. You know what I mean? Tim, so, Tim yeah. Bradley, Tim Bradley threw his pillows, man. He outworked him. You know, I remember that fight him. clearly. He outworked him, and he was he dropped Lamont a couple times in that fight. And he, this is a guy that's not even a puncher, and that's why I don't really have nothing to add because what Rada Dodd said, I I agree with wholeheartedly. How I think the fight's going to play out. I think it's it's going to be a tough fight for Danny because that's just how Danny fights are. You know, other than the mm-hmm. Matisse fight when he was in control, you know, he's always in some sort of war because he just does, he he has a plotting style. He's a counter puncher, so whoever yeah. he fights is always going to be in the fight because he's always trying to set up that big shot. I think yeah. the thing we learned, at least with the Matisse fight, is like going into it. You know, you, I mean, we forget, like, how, you know, just how things happen in boxing where, you know, one day one guy's looked at as, like, just, just like a devastating punch. I'm not to say Matisse isn't, but going into that fight, man, I mean, I, I, I mean I'm not going to front. I picked him to beat Danny, but, I mean, we saw at least in that fight, because that's at least the hardest guy he, or the hardest puncher he's faced since, but... I mean, Danny could take a punch, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause in that fight, yeah, he man. Did. That's uh, a good point. He did eat some up punches. To, up to, like, fight. round yeah. five. I mean, I don't know. I forgot what round it was. It was early in the fight. <laughs> but Matisse has those those little left hooks he sneaks in, and he caught Danny with a nice one. Yeah, I was like, his mouth was shit. like, his mouth was you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember right. telling R.O.D. prior to that fight, I said, you know, the one thing that always gets me about fighters who have this, this reputation of being, of being these tremendous, tremendous scary uh, punchers is that their chin is suspect usually nine times out of ten. You know, like they can punch with the best of them, but they can't take it. And I was saying, you know, Danny has deceptive power, and he can box way better than Matisse. And then I started looking at uh, quality of opponents, and it wasn't like Matisse's roster reeked of excellence either. So I was like, you know what, this is this is a this is not a pick and fight. I favored Danny in this fight, and look what he ended up doing. So. A lot of times, like you're saying, is public builds up and creates hype for a lot of these fighters and makes you feel like they're they're bigger boogie monsters than they truly are. And that's what was the case with Matisse. He can punch, but he's not necessarily, you know, an exceptional boxer outside of if you get caught, you're going to sleep. That's and true. I think that's, well, that, that's who, what did did he did he fight after Danny that gave him some work? Or I think he even lost. Did he? Didn't he lose after Danny? 
Nah, he is. I'm looking at him. I look up box rec while you guys debate. Well, he has. Which I need to know. I'm sorry. Which I need to know. I'm on box right now. Which I need to know. No, we were saying. I thought Matisse had a really bad battle after Danny. In fact, I thought he lost, but I could be wrong. What are you talking about? Matisse. Lucas Matisse, who after he fought Danny, after he after he lost to Danny, did he was he in another battle and lost it? That's what Big Mike is trying to find. That's out. Okay, yeah, here, here you go. I don't here think so. Okay. Matisse, Matisse, Matisse fought after Danny. Matisse fought um, John Molina Jr. Remember, he was in the battle. You're right, Mike. Well, that was the one. That, that was recent, yeah. Yeah, he, that was, he was down in the second round. He was down the second round. He was down the fifth round. Yeah, yeah. I knew but, it was a battle. I get because it was some exposure there when Matisse was like, uh, you know. Um, you know, before he fought Danny, I mean, he was like considered to be like one of the scariest dudes in boxing. Mm. No, he should have proven that fight. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of like you would think at least uh, that fight would have been kind of like the coming out party, you know, so to speak for you know for Garcia. But the thing is, is like that Herrera fight fucked everything up. I mean, at least. Till now, you know, and and we, I mean, we got to remember too, man. And it's kind of funny that this fight's happening now. Like they were supposed to have this fight like last year, but they then it, it, it's kind of funny how things turned out with the whole Golden Boy and the whole roster split. And, and you you kind of think like they already knew beforehand that that was happening, hence why that fight didn't happen in the or at least what that's what it looks like on the surface, but. At least for me, man. I mean, Danny should win this fight. The, I mean, like like you guys have been saying, it's just Lamont makes it a tough fight for a lot of people, man. And, and the thing is, I mean, he's a veteran too, man. I mean, you got to think of not only like the fights he's been in, but I mean, just like the people he's sparred with and just his background. I mean, he's going to give it a tough fight for anybody, but just Danny does have that X factor in the power department, man. And he makes, you know, he, he kind of makes the fights harder than they really need to be, but that's just, just kind of like his style. I mean, he'll sit there and trade with you, but, right. you know, he, he can hit, you know, and, and I think at some point, you know, Lamont's going to get hit. I don't know, but I don't know if he's going to get knocked out, but I just see kind of like Danny, I, I mean, being the better boxer and just, you know, his shots are going to mean a lot more down the stretch. So I, I don't really I mean, like fighters like Lamont Peterson anyway. The, the kind of fighters that seems like they have a lot of potential, but they, they I don't know, they seem like they hold back in the ring. And for yeah, what they hold yeah. back, I don't get that. And when the fighters fight like that, they usually end up getting outclassed or knocked out. He fights like that a lot, in my opinion. Oh, uh, uh, no, but my, it's I kind of like Collazo. Collazo's kind of the same thing. Yeah, see those sort of, yeah, that's of. actually a good kind of guy. See, those kind of guys like that, I don't think that they're holding back. I just think that it's, they're just limited on certain things that they can do. I just mm-hmm. think that Lamont, you know, um, he wasn't blessed with power, nor speed. Uh, he's an okay boxer. He's not a great boxer. He's he's not a bad boxer. He's an okay boxer. He likes to bang. He'll bang with you, but he doesn't have the chin to bang. So it's like yeah. a lot of things <laughs> that he tried to, you know what I'm saying? Like he just can't do it, you know, and it's 
more of like God given abilities that he just wasn't blessed with. I think what is like Danny wasn't blessed with speed, but he can punch. He's a great, he's a very good counter puncher. You know, and, and, on, top, and, on, and on top of that, man, Danny, Danny has a very underrated chin. Yeah, and he the has only, a good chin. No, no that's, yeah, yeah, the only that's problem, saying, the only like, problem I have with shot. The only problem I have with Danny is the same problem that Big Mike has with Lamont Peterson. I just feel like, you know, the whole management thing, like that whole Eric Morales thing took, took like, you know, it was like Oscar fighting Chavez again for the second time. Like, why? No, no, yeah. no you're right, Ryder, Dodd, not to cut you <laughs> off, but no, that that's what I was saying is that the public outcry with Danny is, we don't believe you, you need more people, basically. Like, the Matisse thing was great, but let's be honest, this is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately society we live in. Mm-hmm. Like, that yeah. Matisse fight was almost two years ago now. And a Herrera, the, the Herrera fight, most people thought he lost the fight. And I talked about the Zab fight, and then he fought that, that you know, uh, that last fight. So people are okay. They're, they're lukewarm with this whole Lamont Peterson thing. Is that a catch weight? It's like, all right, either move up to 47 or fight the Sharks down there at 40. After this Lamont situation, like, they want to see him – you know, step it up a level. They don't want to see – like, we're past yeah. the Morales and the tune-ups now. It's time for him to fight the guns now. Like, at this point. Two things. That's the thing, but you know what? I, I agree ahead, with you on that cold train, but you said, what have you done for me lately? I'm sorry. Respectfully, that's what boxing is about, and it's always been about that. Yeah, and man, what you see yeah. now in, in boxing is um, somebody will come to a climax with a real good fighter, and then they regress with bums, and and that's a well, it's new management, spirit. Roger, like you said, that's it's, a it's, new it's, spirit in boxing that needs to go back away. If you beat a, a top-rated <clears throat> fighter, then you should be after the next top-rated dude. That's your house to be. You get the bums and the warm-ups as you come up in your career, and then you get the title or not the title shot. Then you get the big shot, and then once you get the big shot then your shots after that are top elite fighters. They're not, you know, you go back to Puerto Rico and fighting bums. I mean, well, you know what's crazy, though? You know what's crazy, though? We were just talking about it. Um, And I think Coulter and I was talking about it. Unfortunately, man, this is where boxing has regressed because the talent pool is not that much. I remember we were just talking about how, like, you had some demons, man, waiting for you, man, when you got that belt. Like, just people that were in the top ten – that if you chose one to ten, like you had a chance to lose on any given night. Like if you came in there, you came in there on some bull crap, man. Like you had a chance to lose. Like we were talking about that welterweight division back when Simon, like when when Terry North fought Simon Brown. Like everybody thought Terry North was going dog Simon Brown. Yeah. You know, like you coming there on some bull crap, man. Like those journeymen, even in the heavyweight division, there was journeymen that was beating up champs. Like they could fight. Nowadays, I just don't think that. Like you said, I think that everyone. You know, is looking for a paycheck, but I don't think the talent is is there. And is, is you don't think there's a lot of talent? Well, I well, think, so Danny, I think, listen, I think its talent is stacked beyond talent in '47. No, and well, not, 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 not I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about right now. Nah, at forty, at forty, I think that there's a lot more talent at forty. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, than '47. Am I wrong? I don't well, we got to. Um, I mean, we got. We got to remember. I one think too. We got the fight. We got the greatest fight in history happening at forty-seven. Um, beyond that, there's a lot of good up-and-coming contenders in forty-seven that can make some real credible, decent fights. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, both, and, yeah. and forty-seven. So forty-seven's been like that for the last seven, eight years. 
It's been te- it's been stacked. Wait, it, well, it, it recycled. I think forty seven. You know, yeah, forty seven kind of fell off a little bit. Kind of yeah. like remember, had that year like, of like oh eight, oh seven, oh eight. Oh eight was you. a good year with Margarito and yeah, Paul Williams. Yeah, yeah. And mind you, this is when Floyd wasn't even in the picture. Claudia, I, I don't think it fell off. I just think certain people were matched with certain people, which gave it a little lackluster. I'm sorry. Well, you had to right. be more we well, I don't think we saw a lot of the welterweights fight each other though, like just like top, you know, from top yeah, to bottom, like the, no, the you're number right, one Roberto. and the number two, and we that, that's kind of fights that we thought was going to happen didn't materialize, other than Margarito and Cotto. You know, a lot yeah, of like, fights yeah, that like materialized. Paul Williams didn't happen. We wanted that. Or Paul and anybody yeah. for that matter. You know, well, yeah, at least at 147, he yeah. he went right to 154. Yeah, they won move, right up. You know. Yeah, I don't hey, know why. That was a that was a dumb move on Paul's. That was, in my well, opinion. not really because no, we talked about that. He was ushered he out of the division. Had no choice, man. Like, yeah, he was Mike, the, the same the same management that you're that you were hard on. You know, they kind of told him in the middle of the night, "Get your bags ready. We're heading up to 54." He becomes a nobody after that. They just stay well. No, I mean he fought Martina. I mean he had to build his own legend at that point, and he gave us two good fights. Even though he got, I'm not excuse me, one and a half because the other fight it only went two rounds or one round, however long it went. But that first Martinez fight was a great fight with him and Paul. Even even though Martinez got jerked on the decision. That was a good fight, you know, and he built his own legend. Rather than just waiting around talking about he didn't have anybody to fight, he found somebody to fight. He did, but at at, at beyond Martinez train, I mean, come on. Who, well, who after that, his was, career kind of went into a tailspin after that. And 54, to be honest, listen, wasn't. if you don't have a food, you start to starve. So if there's nobody up there to feed off of, you, 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 you go back. I mean, you regress. That's why you should stay. But bring, but, but bring it back. Just bring it back into perspective with Danny. What we're saying is, what I'm saying is, at 40, you have people down there. There's a slew of guys. Now, granted, uh-huh. there's there's other politics that play here because he's with yeah, Al Heyman. Al that, Heyman right. doesn't do business with with Bob Arum, as we know. So right, yeah. Bradley's off the table. Uh. Uh, 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 Ruslan Provotnikov is off the team. Uh, yeah, right. We understand, but what about Tisa? Say is what he still would go? Well, he he. Well, I'm so confused with every damn thing. Did he go back to Golden? Is he with Golden Boy? Who? No, Khan. As far as I know, Khan is well, the only Khan, guy. Not Khan. Matisse. No, I know Khan. No, no. Matisse. I'm... Yeah, Matisse went back to. He's would go. He's not over out. Okay. He's he's yeah. with Golden Boy. Yeah. Okay, because we got to factor all this stuff in too. Because well, plays you got Broner. You, you got Broner yeah, down the there. You got um, you got uh, what's the, what's the new dude? He's coming up to forty. He's going to be the um, the once Jared again, he's top ranked. Yeah, he's a top ranked guy. You got Crawford and you got Crawford and, and no, um, you got he's That is a fight yeah. right there. That's a that's a that's a solid fight. They're not going to bring Crawford up to bang with Garcia on his first one forty. No, no, but, no, no, no. He got to he got to crawl his way into. But I understand what you're saying that yeah. there's people. So, but they're moving north. Rather than South, yeah, like, I North think, I think top rank is uh, top rank between top rank and Banner and whoever's promoting Provodnikov. I mean, it looks if you look at that double header, that double header on HBO looks like a precursor to what could be the next fight in the fall. Meaning Crawford and Delorme, who you know, obviously I'm going to favor Crawford in that one, 
and, and Matisse and Provodnikov. I mean, both of those fights can be made. You know, and the thing with Danny, man, like, you see it. Like, when they ask him about the weight, right, he's, he, he doesn't just flat out say, like, man, I just can't make 140 anymore. But he's kind of hinting, like, man, you know, yeah, we're going to fight at 143 because there's no title, blah, 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 blah. But, like, yeah. I mean, look, yeah, I think it's pretty apparent you can't make 140 anymore. Danny's been saying that since Puerto Rico that he's, he doesn't want to fight. He's not comfortable at 140 anymore. But no, no, check. And he, and he hasn't fought at 140 since. That Rod Falka fight was right. at 143. Now, now, check this out. There's a video, and this was, this was my second point. There's a video that's going out, and it just it just basically shows you how Danny, his management, as well as his dad, are really bothered by what the public says because he's sitting there, on he had a Facebook video where these oh, guys were yeah. out, and they were eating cherries. You know, and he was like, man, these cherries taste good. You know, talking about, like, you know, they cherry-pick people, and it was to Big Mike's point. You know, like, you know, here's some people that you guys can fight, but, you know, obviously what you want to do is you want to fight in, you know, in purgatory and limbo, you know what I mean, and just say, okay, I'm going to fight this guy. I'm going to fight him at 145 and a half, you know, and or 142 and a half, you know, and not really fight the people that are really down there. And it's crazy because it just goes back to that. I go back to that video. I reference that video to say, hmm, you know what, man? Like, I know you guys use it as a joke, but really, it's not really a joke. Like, you guys are really doing this. You guys are really... You well, guys that's are really... because they were like, you know, like on the social site, as soon as you put a picture up of Danny, everybody put those cherry icons up there, the emoji yeah. thing. So that became like a trend whenever you put his name on. So I guess they was playing into that. But again, after this fight, I think a lot... I mean, I'm 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 in, in mulligan mode. I'm like, all right, Lamont's a tough game opponent. After this, though, it's like, show me. Like, this this is it. Like, you move up to 47 or go back down to 40. Because there's people for – there's somebody out – there's people out there. You got guys like Sean Porter at 47, Kel Brock. Um, who else am I missing up there? Uh, Thurman. Uh, Madonna. Keith Thurman. Not that he's going to go jump. You got the Con rematch out there, which I don't – I will go to my grave believing this. I know. I wish Sleep was here on the line. I don't think they want to fight Khan again because of what no, happened in those first so three rounds. I mean, you know, you also have you also have you also have Broder and you have Robert Ghost Guerrero for You got Kel, right? You got Kel You got Devin Alexander. Yeah, he mentioned it. Yeah, there's guys. There's there's guys up there. So we'll see. You know, the jury is still out. We don't know what's going to happen after he got to get past April 11th first. So. You know, I'm not going to crucify him just yet. We'll see, you know, what happened. But, um, Docs, so, I mean, yours, the, 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 this is a very interesting uh Oh, no, 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 Peter Quillen. Peter Quillen. Oh, yeah, 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 Peter Quillen, my bad. I forgot. Right, Let's right, talk about right. that real quick, real br- briefly. Let, let's let's address the, that fight coming up next week on the on the card at, at Barclays Center. Yo, I, you know what's so crazy about Peter Quillen, man? We all blame that rock deal, but he been ducking like limbo, like he playing limbo <laughs> on vacation, man. Wow, man! Like, you know he got the fl- he got the flames, he got the bar out, man. He must be practicing this at home, man. That must be part of his training routine. And it's funny because I, you know, someone helped me pronounce the kid's name, but the kid that he ducked, that he threw the belt away for, Corbin. Thank you. Wait, he basically fought. Um, he fought uh, uh, our buddy Andy Lee for them and beat them. And beat them. Yeah. 
and beat them. Yeah. And, and you know what's funny? I used to I used to say to myself, you know what? I already for me, I already had it against Peter Quill, and I know myself get my personal feelings in it, but I already had it against him when he beat Winky Wright. Like, I was like, come on, man! Like you really think you're nice? Like, you beating old Winky? All right, cool. But at the end of the day, I I think if I had to make a quick prediction, I believe that Andy Lee might pull this out. Really? Yup. Okay. Yup. And you, you know, know I, I think thought, he's more tested. I, I thought, yeah. Okay. I thought so at the beginning too. Like I, I was like, when they made that fight, I was like, oh shit, okay. And you look at and you look at the trend of Andy Lee, right? And and I went back just looking through, like certain fights, and it's like the only like the only thing to me that, I, or at least the only reason why I think Quillen's gonna win this is because. As much as like Andy Lee's gotten these wins, like we got to remember like what pre- what was like preceding these wins. Like who was the what card was it that he fought? We talked about this before. Maybe it was Dakota Martinez undercard. Mm-hmm. Um, who he I forgot who he fought was getting he was getting his ass kicked, and then I don't know where just lands a, a left hook fights over, and then the same mm-hmm. thing happened in the Korbov fight was. Losing the fight, and then was it the fourth round? Just lands a mm-hmm. shot, and fights over, and I'm thinking like, man, this this could happen again. We've seen Quillen with Rosado. We've seen what happens, but I I, I don't know. Like I'm kind of like leaning towards Quillen, even though like I'm not hit the biggest fan of Quillen at all. Well, I'm, but, I'm gonna tell you guys that the re- the reason why a lot of people are on the fence with Andy Lee is because of the Brian Vera fight. That's it. And what happened is that he was very he was a he was a very promising prospect. Let's not forget. Prior to him running into Brian, you know, Emmanuel had the God, God rest his soul had everybody, you know, thinking he, Andy mm-hmm. Lee was the next the next He called him the white the next he called him the white Tommy Hearn. <laughs> yeah, you know he's from the crowd. So yeah. when yeah, so when he got stopped by Brian Vera, it was just like all yeah. the people that was on the bandwagon jumped off. <clears throat> so now we're, we're everybody we're real cynical whenever he's fighting. We're like, Oh, here we go, here's Andy Lee. But I think if you really were to match up the intangibles and you were to um measure up their uh, accomplishments, although Quillen hasn't really lost yet He's still a very flawed fighter, you know, and, and yeah, I'm not, jury I'm not, still I'm, out in there. Yeah, and, I'm not a big cooling guy think, at all. And I think Andy Lee is seasoned beyond anything Pete Quillen yeah. has been able to put together in the ring. So, yeah, so I, I, I everybody go, prediction. Go so, Lee, Quillen? I got Lee, even though I Quillen got Lee. landed up a decision in his hometown, Brooklyn. I got Lee. I think I think they're going to give up the Quillen the decision at home. Why crickets, crickets? Uh, so <laughs> no, I, mean, like, like, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good fight. It's just for some reason, I, I just kind of see it like we're, you know, I won't, I mean, I won't be shocked if, like, Andy Lee, you know, hits another trifecta and, and knocks him out. But it's kind of like I could see where Andy Lee could struggle, but even though he does have the experience, because he's kind of like another guy that is just, you know, He's landing these shots, but like you look before that, and it's like you could see where if you just stick to the game plan, you could outbox him for twelve rounds. But 
you know, I mean, you make a good point that Quillen hasn't seen. I mean, even for him, this is the biggest competition he's ever faced. Yeah. Because right. you know, you know, e- you know, even though people, you know, they'll say, you know, whatever about Golovkin or what have you, but like, yeah, I mean, he really hasn't fought any. I mean, the biggest name has been what, like Winky Wright, right? As far as like namesake, Gabe, like, Gabe, or yeah. Gabe Rosario, yeah. whatever. His or name Gabe, is, but... well, Gabe, yeah, but like, sh- even Gabe gave him. A, I mean, like, you know, people. But I'm still just talking saying... about that fight. But you know the thing about it is that, and I, and I know you got to move on. The thing about it is when you talk about Andy Lee, the first thing that comes to my mind is that Kronk heritage, man. And you and you talk about a Kronk fighter, man. These guys, even with Stevenson, man. As much as I, you know, I I, I trash and we're being like primitive in terms of his style, like these guys have like come from a great type of no no holds bar type of like style, man. You know you're gonna get a fight with him when you have a Kronk fighter, you know. So. I'm I'm going to go with with Andy Lee just based off of that experience and 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 you know experience is your greatest teacher man you can pull that from the bag. Well, it it sounds like like what everybody's saying is that the intangibles favor Andy Lee, so that that's a perfect segue to dovetail into the next discussion that that we're going to have, which is a continuation of um the last discussion we all had two weeks ago when we were discussing the upcoming May second fight between uh, Floyd and Pacquiao. So last, the last five, just to kind of recap and give everybody a bit of like a background of what we covered, we were talking about how uh, it, it, the physicality of both fighters, physical at- attributes and athletic ability, and, and we, we all laid it. We put, put the, what, like they say, on the wire. We put the dope on the table and we <laughs> covered – you know, what stylistically, who has uh, the physical advantages, and it was a very interesting discussion. So if you, if you haven't caught it, they can still catch the recorded podcast, right, Train? No doubt. Yep. they all okay. out so there. So make sure, make sure you guys log back on here and and, and, and Roberto throws them up on his YouTube page, too. So yeah, I think okay. there's one floating on, on, yeah, yeah, there's one. Yeah, well, I need, I need one a link because I missed the two weeks. I missed so the two weeks. At the end of the show, what we'll do is we'll we'll shout it out, and then uh, on our Instagram page, we'll post uh we'll post a screen uh, uh a text where you where you can actually go back and revisit to, and hear the recap of some of those shows. So to add on to that show, and we'll, we're going to be counting it down from here on until May second. We're going to count down some of the what we what we call the boxing <clears throat> intangibles. So this week, what we're going to cover is uh, a very little uh, something that the general casual fan doesn't really pay attention to, but it's very essential when you're talking about the science of boxing and that's bring general shit. So uh, before, I, before I let the wolves loose here, cause we have uh, some, some partisanship here on, the, on this call so, we, so that we, so you guys can kind of understand before uh, everybody starts discussing what ring generalship means is in regards to, uh, Two fighters in the ring who utilizes the space to the best of their advantage. Whether it's who is who is who, which fighter excels at cutting the ring off as they're moving forward in an offensive manner, or which fighter, as they're moving backwards in a defensive manner, is is able to set the better traps for the fighter. So there's a there's a lot of boundaries. You know, it's a it's a pretty broad topic in terms of ring general shit that I'll let you guys get into. And give the fans out there the you know the the, the specifics. So, uh, who wants to be the first one to tackle this topic here? I'll, ta- I'll tackle it. Um, <laughs> all right, big big Mike first, with the bars. Let's go. First of all, I had to look that word up 
and I discovered that what's his name for HBO that does the not the Harold Letterman. Score? Harold yeah. Letterman. Yeah, Letterman. He always. I, from used. what I understand, he made that term up, ring generalship, and uh, and actually he used it as a means of scoring. Um, first of all, uh, I know I've been on record, and I don't think I've actually been on the show since the fight was announced. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't, but I've, I've been out for a couple of weeks, but. Uh, I think Floyd is probably one of the, the most brilliant fighters uh, in ring generalship, and uh, but I I do notice that over the, his recent fights, most notably Chino, um, he sort of I don't know if it's age, but it seems like a little bit of a fray there. Manny definitely I saw Manny's fray or his wearing down on his ring generalship very early on, even before Marquez. So um, uh, I give Floyd the edge of who controls the pace in the ring. But the one thing about Manny, and, and like I said, you know, we, we all talk about Floyd, and people laugh if Floyd can't read, but I, I, think he's a, I think he's a genius in the ring. And I really mean that by his, his you know, his, his style is tactical and his ring generalship and how he controls things. Um, you see it in his fights. But I think he waited a long time to fight Manny for a reason. And I think his brilliance will allow him to see a Manny Pacquiao fight. And really, part of what Manny has is sort of an enigma to him. And I don't know if he feels like he finally figured it out, that he acquiesced to this fight. But I think it's going to be really interesting because I think Floyd knows what makes him so great in the ring and his ring generalship, and, and we have, we talk about it all the time. He'll get in there, you know, somebody will pop off a few a few punches, and then by the third round or fourth round, he he figures you out completely, and then he uses whatever um, whatever your your whole game plan is against you, and he he sort of works that, and because of his conditioning and. Um, and you know, and his hard work and 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 everything outside of the ring, I think that really shows up in the later rounds to the point where by round you know nine, ten, and eleven, he's completely had you, and uh, and so it's going it, you know as you know as far as that's concerned, I, I just think he you know he he's a master there, but I think um, this this fight on on May second is like it's like the perfect puzzle piece of what he is so brilliant at and what Manny is so unpredictable or so, I would say, uh, just so erratic at. And and I think that's going to be an interesting fusion right there because, um, you know, I, I've been on record and I told people I, I, I'm picking Manny to win, and I'm not even picking Manny to win in the very I'm, – I'm picking Manny to win in the very no, – No predictions. No predictions. Oh, no predictions. Okay. All right. But, but – but if we want to go into that, I think that Floyd is going to work hard all night in the ring trying to figure things out. And I don't think Manny's going to come in with a, a with one particular theme or look. I know everybody thinks that. But I think Manny is going to come in with a whole different type of themes and look. I know Floyd is uh, he's sparring with left-handers right now. I wouldn't completely depend on getting left looks from Manny. Uh, Manny has learned to fight with his right hand, is you know he's fight orthodox style. 
Um, I think, uh, you know, from what I hear in this training camp, uh, camp that Floyd's doing a lot of um, very different, very, very um, different type of tra- training styles, and I think he should because uh, I think the fighter that he's fighting is is his styles is so different from what um, I would think he's more comfortable with. So that's that's just my take on the ring generalship. I think one of the, one of the, this is this is this is right for you know for ring generalship. You know it's it's a word that you know we've heard you know used like very loosely, um, and um, so much so because we'll look at a fight and we'll say, you know, let's take Forrest and you know rest in peace in Mayorga, and we'll say, wow, you know, who had the better ring generalship? I'll ask the I'll ask you guys who had the better ring generalship in those two fights. With Forrest and my Forrest and my I would say my I would say I would say Forrest did. What about everybody else? I, I mean, I like think, I, I don't think, think yeah, I, shot, point, I, mean, I don't think ring generalships wins you to fight necessarily. I think no, it, no, 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 no. Okay, go ahead. But go ahead. But yeah, Forrest, to answer your question, Forrest would Forrest. No, no, you're right. You 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 said something interesting. You said you don't think ring generalship can win, can, doesn't win you to fight. I just the reason why I say that is because, you know, we're always taught that, you know, it, you know, when you think, when you go to an event, it's always about imposing your will on that person. So when I'm, I'm actually looking at, as, as we're talking, you know, intently at this Wisconsin and Duke game, and I think about how Wisconsin beat Kentucky. And really what they did was they didn't play Kentucky style. They didn't go and, and play speed up ball. They slowed it down like the good old boys from Indiana or wherever they're from, Wisconsin, just slowed it down and just played their way. And when you think about Floyd, you know, Floyd, my dad said it best. He said, Tom, he said, you know, ride or die, he said, you know, Floyd is to the point now where he's reducing people to one shot, and everybody's like, ooh, he hit him with one shot. He's like, that goes into Floyd's brilliance, you know, when you think about how he controls that ring because after about two to three rounds, he has people second-guessing about throwing three to four punches. You know, you're being reduced to one punch. Now, the only thing you can really talk about is that one punch that Shane landed, that one punch my Dino landed. You're not going to get two, three, and four punches. And that's really how Foy really adapts to these situations. He's a chameleon. He's more or less, my wife's a vegetarian. He's like tofu. My wife said when, you, when tofu is the type of food where you put it in any type of sauce, it becomes that food. It becomes that flavor, and it tastes like it. So that's how Floyd is. You put him in a ring, he's like clay, he's like tofu. He just adapts. It takes him a while. He just morphs, and whatever he can pull from his experience, and after a while, and after a while, you really start fighting Floyd fight to the point where you're being reduced to that one punch you landed, like, in round five or round three, and, you know, this guy is basically now all of a sudden you know, you look at it and you're like, Dad, Floyd's not throwing that many punches. But now you got a situation where you're walking around and you're chasing Floyd, and Floyd likes to fight backwards anyway. I'll go back to Manny's point. I don't think – I think Manny's a great athlete. I think he has a – you know, I'll go back to my, my childhood. I look at Aaron Pryor, how, like, energetic and just, like, unorthodox and, a, a, you know, a bundle of energy he was. You know, it's kind of like how do you prepare for a fighter like that? But at the end of the day, what's so interesting about serial killers, you know, they always leave clues. They always leave clues 
they always leave clues as to like, you know, okay, I did this crime. And one of the things, one of the clues that Manny's always leaving is that for as good as he is, every fight that he has, he's always following somebody. And Chris Algieri, he followed this guy around. And he was still getting countered by Chris Algieri. Think about that. He was following him around. That goes to show you to me, like, Manny's lack of ring generalship at some times. You know, like, he was following Chris Algieri around. Circling around, he was getting clipped occasionally. You can't do that with Floyd. Floyd will make make Manny fight his fight. He'll be reduced to one punch. And at the end of the day, that's one of the things that Floyd is really good at. And I think it, it has to do with his pedigree. He's really good at controlling tempo, controlling space, and reducing people to one punch. You know, so I'll, I'll leave it there. I'll give Floyd a – I think that's a huge advantage for Floyd is, is ring generalship. It's just – just one of these things, he's good at controlling space and he's good at making people adapt. He's good at adapting and making people fight the way that he wants them to fight. And now, you know, all of a sudden, the only thing that people would say is, what about that punch Madonna landed in the third round? That was one punch. And yeah, but respectfully, you Let me finish this last thing and, I'll, and you can talk. To show you Manny's lack of ring generalship, Floyd's good at setting traps. Manny walked into a big trap with Marquez. Everybody says he stepped on his foot and everything. He was getting countered that whole fight. Although Marquez was losing, he was getting countered. He got he walked into a huge trap, man, in that sixth round. And and Floyd is very good at fighting backwards and setting traps. So when we talk about ring generalship, I'm going to just be honest and say I think Manny is an excellent fighter. He's unorthodox. But, you know, when you even look at the Chris Algieri fight, when he was circling, you know, Chris Algieri and getting hit with right hands, I just imagine that he can't do that against Floyd. You know, just similar to how these different training techniques we're talking about with Floyd, I think Manny's going to definitely have to take a different approach, you know, with Floyd too because he hasn't fought a fighter like Floyd either. But go ahead. Look, well, I mean, to touch – to touch on what uh Ryder Dodd was saying, um, like yeah, I I think we all know like Pacquiao's never been a guy. <clears throat> I mean, for for one, he's never been the most conventional guy in, in in any stretch of the word. I mean, over the years we've seen progression, we've seen tightening up of obviously you know the right hand got developed really well, and you know he he's in a way kind of negated it, but I mean it's there. I mean it's it's something you have to be weary of, but. When you look at kind of like how both Floyd and Manny approach, really, I mean, at least the ring generalship, say, I mean, it's obviously different. Floyd, more so obviously than Manny, he's just a master of distance. And as long as he can keep you in the middle of the ring, man, I mean, that's that's his bread and butter. I mean, and even off the ropes, I mean, he's like you say, he sets traps. And, you know, Manny's going to have a difficult time with that, but... What I will say, and like me and me and Coltrane, like I I, I showed him some videos, and I, I we were going back and forth. Like the one thing I saw in both of those Madonna fights, it's not so much of like Madonna landing that third round shot, and 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 even the first fight where you know he made it rough. It's there's just things that Floyd was capable of doing early on in his career that to me would have made the Madonna fight a lot easier more so and not even 
in the second fight where he did adjust, there's just things that I think w- with Pacquiao, he's not a guy who cuts the ring off, but Floyd hasn't had to deal with speed-wise, fine, but just as far as like his timing is great, but we're gonna find out how, like really who's in the whose current form is the best as far as the style of fight it's gonna be because we all know Pacquiao is gonna bring the fight to him, you know. And to touch on what Ryder and I was saying, like I think with Algeri, and we've seen this trend with certain guys, and he even did this with Mosley early on in a fight especially in those fights where we we go into the fight knowing Manny's heavily favored. He's the kind of guy within like the first three rounds, four rounds, if he feels your shot, he's going to sit there and invite the shots. He did it to Mosley. He did it to Algeri. He did it to Rios, all these guys. But when you look at fights, and I don't want to obviously compare Floyd to these guys, but when you look at the fights that he had with De La Hoya, with Cotto, and, and – I don't even want to say Margarito much, but it's a different approach because I know he doesn't think that Floyd is like a power puncher, but he's going in there knowing that Floyd can crack. So I don't think he's really going to, it would be dumb for him to, but I don't think he's going to go in there trying to attack Floyd blindly and just rush him in. Like, I think the the foot speed is going to come into play as far as Floyd's approach more so than like where He's had to fight guys like a Guerrero, a Canelo, and a Madonna, who really essentially have really slow feet. So it does present a, a bigger or, or at least a different dynamic than Floyd's seen like in a really long time. But I mean, just in general, like ever, because I mean, Pacquiao is awkward. I mean, he does things wrong, but it's almost like in his favor when it does work. But it, it's interesting, man. I mean, I, I think Floyd has that conventional you know, ring generalship that we've seen, like, with guys in the past, but it's just, you know, Pacquiao just has that weird, weird kind of way where, he, like I say, he does things wrong, but then out of nowhere, he lands a right hook, you know, and it's just, I mean, it's interesting, man. It's, 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 it's kind of, um, I mean, you would lean towards Floyd, but I just think Pacquiao brings a lot of different dynamics that he hasn't seen yet, man. So that's about for it. Ring gen- for ring generalship? No, 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 no. I'm saying, no, not, I mean, I, what I was, I, in in the sense, like, well, how you were comparing, like, you know, Pacquiao's approach to, to like, the Algeria fight and, and things of that. Like, I don't think he's going to approach Floyd in that manner. I mean, like, I think he would be stupid, too. But we've seen in the past where if it's a situation where Pacquiao's in there and he's felt the guy's best shot, at least in comparison to those guys, I mean, he's going to have a, Difficult time with Floyd, obviously, but I don't think it's a deal where that's the only way Pacquiao can, can approach well, somebody. Let me let me, let me add this. Let me, let me ask you, get, let me ask like, this question. Well, wait, hold on, hold on one second, Howard, for our list, for the sake of our, our fans and our listeners out there. Hmm. I wanted to clarify that when you really discuss the term ring general shit, it borders on having some. Sem- I don't want to disrespect either fighter, but it borders on having some semblance of intelligence and being able to figure out and make adjustments on the fly that, exactly. that can still maintain whatever strategy you, you were planning on coming in the ring yeah. with. You have to be able to improvise and be able to read. It's almost like a, a quarterback of sorts. When you see a blitz forming, you have to be able to call an audible and adjust adequately so that, you know, you, you don't sacrifice that down. So, 
I wanted to make sure that if we we're we're discussing the proper uh yeah. connotation right. when, when we're talking about uh right. general shit so that you know people understand yeah. that what it what it actually means when one fighter uh exemplifies that over another fighter. And Roberto, that's what I was and that's exactly what I was gonna say. One of the things I said to you was that Manny was a great fighter or is a great fighter and you were talking about some of the things you saw and when I told you, I said, you know, I call Floyd like Clay. He adapts to what he does, reducing people to one shot. Now, all of a sudden, you're, you know, you, you come in here going to a hip-hop club, and now you dancing off a reggae. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you, <laughs> you, know, you, you like, Dad, you know, I came in here to listen to, listen to some, um, some, you know, some Craig Mack or what have you, some, some old school 90s. Now I'm in here, you know, doing a butterfly, listening to Patrick. You know, like, <laughs> you, you know, you're doing, you, 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 you dancing a different dance now. So my point is, is that, I've never seen Manny do a different dance. You understand what I'm saying? Manny does that same dance. I've never seen dance. Floyd. Floyd does the same thing. Well, nah, let, he, let me go back. Let me go back. Let me go back because I'm... Well, first of all, but, but, but when you mean, go back... You know, no, no, let me go back. Ring generalship doesn't does mean nothing until if you get hurt. Well, that, here's the thing. thing. Ring generalship doesn't mean nothing if you get hurt. Well, we're talking about ring... Okay, well, then let me ask you a question. If that's the case, then... Then Manny must not have none because the last time we seen Manny get hurt, what happened? What do you mean? You you talking about you talking about you talking because he's about never he's never adjusted he's never adjusted to Juan Manuel Marquez and the funny thing about Marquez first of all Marquez first of all no Marquez would have had an easy no, no first of all Marquez would have had ring generalship means everything Marquez would have had an easier time beating Manny had he had better ring generalship because what happened was he got too too much bravado in the Mexican you know what. His roots came out on me. He was like, you know what? I'm gonna stop being a scientific boxing puncher, and I'm gonna just basically go back and just fight this and just hit back every time this guy hits back. And see, Floyd is not like that. Floyd sits here and he just takes. He forget Floyd. Some of the greater, the better fighters. You look at Ali, okay? And I'm not saying Floyd isn't the same thing as Ali, but I'm just taking off of people that make you fight their fight that have great ring generalship. They they sit here and they look at what you have. They're not sitting here trying to air you out. They look at what you do and they're like, okay, this is what you do. Okay, now I got an answer for it. Manny has four people, okay, who have probably given him trouble, all right, and take the knockout out of it. But he's never adjusted on the fly, which is my biggest issue with him. What adjustments does he make? What adjustment does he make? Well, let me let me answer, let me answer that question. Oh, let me answer that question because if you take out the knockout, his loss you only lost is Bradley, right? Okay, so he got he has uh, a, he has a draw with Marquez, and he got two wins over Marquez, no, notably because he knocked him down in the, in the prior rounds, and and so when it came up at the end of the day, they scored it for him. So you take out the you take out the KO, and you and you and you and you and, you, and all of that remains. What, what does that add up to? That no one has ever trashed Manny, okay, in the fact that in the ring, their ring generalship has completely dominated him. And that has been uh, – and that's the same with Floyd. So nobody has never dominated Floyd. Um, Floyd never lost. He never even got in a situation where he was close to losing. So he gets that's wrong because that was wrong. Let, let, they, they, they on, let, let, let me finish my point. Let me finish my point. So, so if nobody never trashed uh, Manny, 
in recent memory, and, and, and nobody never trashed them, take out the KO, uh, and nobody never trashed Foy, I think this is like an even situation to me. Or I'm talking about just on the ring generalship factor. Because, Big, Mike, Big Mike, are you throwing the Eric Morales fight out the window? I just want to know. Yeah, you know, yeah, what? Yeah, I don't exactly. want to say Eric Morales because I think because, that's an anomaly. I no, really no, do. no, no, we're, we're not because, in well, the first Let me go, man. Let me go, man. We're not in the first Listen, real quick, I don't want, I don't want to interrupt. I just, I just want to tell you that we're not being biased here because if we were biased, we would bring up the 1996 loss and we would bring up the other loss that happened in 1999, but we're discounting that just for the sake of uh, a current <laughs> argument, relevant argument. Right, right. I didn't Morales, think, I'm, I'm going to just say Big Mike didn't want to go too far in the yeah, archive. You know, but I mean, that, I mean that's, that's a fair point, but you, you make it seem like a fighter can't improve. And respectfully, I mean, what he did to Eric Morales, the second fight, I mean, it just shows the proof that, you know. Eric uh, Morales is old. Okay. All right. All right. Let's go to that. Let us, let us, you bring right, up Morales, and then you turn around and say, "Oh, he was old the next, the very next fight." I mean, come on. I mean, if y'all want to throw these little things in there, I mean, let's be consistent with it. My point. Are we talking about ring generalship? Let's talk about ring generalship. Okay. If you want to bring in Eric Morales, and the and that one Eric Morales. Other than that, nobody has ever trashed Manny. Okay. He's ascended from. Almost what a bantamweight, all the way up to forty-seven, and he has never been trashed beyond. Mike, they're going to do a ring generalship. Where's that? Yeah, I want to get back. Let me let but me that, get back to the ring generalship. But that's, what, but that's what ring generalship entails. No, it well, no, no, it doesn't. You, yeah, no, 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 it doesn't, Mike. It entails no, that you have control of the ring. Well, no, I've looked it up before. I even, I even, well, there are several definitions out there. You know, right, I don't right. know which well, definition but, you saw. Well, what I want, what I want to make a, a clear distinction of is controlling the fight is not saying is not the same as, as having uh, ring generalship. Right. And controlling the fight through through uh, a very uh, precise ring generalship uh, approach. So I just want to make sure that. You know, that someone, someone may be uh, somebody like Manny, for instance, who has fought many opponents, who has uh, worn down and, and, and through a war of attrition has beaten a lot of opponents, hasn't been done in, 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 in a fashion of the definition of what ring generalship embodies. But that doesn't detract away from – it doesn't detract from him because he was able to win right. those fights. We're talking about exactly. coming, right. coming like, like, fight me, like Big Mike. <laughs> No, it's my bad, Doc. You, every, I made the announcement a couple of weeks ago. Everybody pretty much know my stance. But for the for this particular form, this topic here, ring generalship, like I, 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 I it, it got to be checks and balance for me at least when I when I break the fight down. And Floyd can win a fight, win a round without throwing punches because he has exceptional footwork. Mm-hmm. Manny Pacquiao has foot speed. He has good footwork and he has foot speed. Floyd, on the other hand, like I said, he he's a defensive prowess. He can literally fight around without throwing the punch. Now, it, it all this remains to be seen if he can do this against a buzzsaw like Pacquiao. But from what we know, conventional wisdom wise, you know, Floyd dictates the pace in a lot of his fights, like Marada said, because he adjusts, he watches what you do, almost like a coach does in football and take your strength and make it your weakness. And also, 
one of the flaws of Manny Pacquiao that I've seen in previous fights, uh, particularly the Bradley fight, comes to mind. He has problems cutting the ring off. Ring off, exactly. Yeah, he, you know that's you know you look at guys like a getting back just sticking with the term ring generalship. Julio Cesar Chavez had excellent ring generalship. Ring generalship. For him not to be a prototype boxer, you know he controlled the pace in each round, you know, uh, by just cutting the ring off and stalking people. You know, he was the general in the ring, as the term states. He was he he, he was the general. And Pacquiao, again, still remains to be seen because I got I got some I'm not gonna give all my little stuff up, but I got some some something to this that I think Pacquiao can actually capitalize on it. But just for the subject here, I gotta go with Floyd for just just ring generalship because I just think Floyd got better footwork and he's the better defensive fighter. You know, and I think he can control can you know can control the action from that respect. But I'll let Docs because I know we got other topics we want to break down. Because I don't want to keep beating a dead horse with this topic. And you know, we getting up, we gonna get into our predict- predictions. And this is well, good I mean, stuff. I, I, I know we're getting we're getting to the, right. the the breaking point of the one and a half hour mark. And I know you know this tensions are flaring. You know this is you uh, know we go at this. They don't realize that we're behind the scenes with this all day. So this is our moment. You know. So but we're we're getting there. We have we have a few more uh, topics within uh, within the countdown structure. You know we're doing our own our own mini countdown of sorts. And, and uh, like we was like we said at the beginning of the show or halfway through the show. And we, we're covering some of the intangibles that, to me, are going to be key, or to us, that are going to be key yeah. in 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 um in deciding who the winner might be in this fight. So that well, that way we can all make our own calculated um some uh, choices as to who we feel may be might might have the edge going into May second. <laughs> so that's why you know you may hear these battles here, and you hear these discussions, and 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 people. Uh, Get passionate and heated about it in, in regards to these We're going back to '96. <laughs> no, but no, but we, we're just trying to, be, trying to be, we're trying no to doubt. be fair because I know sometimes, yeah. you, you, you know, a lot, a lot can change throughout the trajectory of, of, a, of a fighter's career. You know, like uh, a fighter may have a couple losses early on in his career, and, and then because figured out figured it out, made some adjustments and may be one of the most dominant in the sport of boxing. So you can't penalize a fighter for early losses. But we were just right, trying right. to keep it in perspective. Ten years ago right. it, it's still very it's fairly recent. That's the only reason I brought it up. So we want to keep everything in perspective and make sure that we're covering from a non biased and very uh non partial point of view. You know, we're 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 covering some of the particulars in the sport. So we're giving it to you guys. You heard it here. You heard uh, the divided house. Our brother Sleep is not in the building. I don't know where Sleep is at. Is he sleeping somewhere? Where's he? Yeah. He getting the theater ready for May second. Yeah, so big event. It, yeah. It seems like it seems like R D was 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 uh, was going uh, was battling four barracudas in here tonight. So <laughs> do, do do we have someone? Do we have uh? Some listeners uh, out there that that, that want to chime in. Yeah, we had uh, we had a couple trying. people, but they 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 uh they dropped off. But um, please, you know, call. You know, I mean, if y'all listening to the chat room, you know, hit us up. The numbers on there is seven two four 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 seven triple four, and you know, the call ID is six three seven nine six, and they get you right in the queue. So, and I apologize, it's just that you know we we got a certain format. We got what four guy four or five guys on here that. 
all trying to get their opinions off, you know, for you guys. But um, we definitely invite people to come back on and uh, chime in, you know, because we, we love to hear different perspectives. Hey, Train, you know what I was thinking about, Doc? You know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about what you just said about, and that was a good one, how Chavez was very good at ring generalship. And I thought about how when he fought Mildred Tiller, everybody thought that, you know, <coughs> Mildred, you know, ring generalship would, you know, basically outshine Chavez. It didn't. But when he fought Cordell Whitaker, it was Whitaker ring generalship right, that, right. Yep. that basically, you know, made that fight a little difficult for Chavez. And it's just funny because when we think about ring generalship, no offense to anybody, you know, it's just take you can take any fight. Take Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson. You know, Mike was a person that usually controlled the fight, usually, you know, imposed his will, and you wind up fighting Mike's fight. And it was funny because you look at Buster Douglas, even though it was an off night, when you think about the jabs and those repeated jabs, that really controlled that whole fight. And, um, you know, we, we discount the importance of footwork in the jab. Yeah, it's very, yeah, it's, it's it, very it important. Really, it's very important when you're talking about controlling space. It's not really the person, you know, that lands the hardest punches. Sometimes well-placed punches like a jab or cutting off the ring and giving someone a great angle is just as, is just as important uh-huh. As a hard punch. So when you think about ring generalship, they're like it's multifaceted, but it's just more than just coming in and just swinging and going crazy and trying to have an all-out bar fight. You know, hey, it's subtle, hey, hey, it's subtle things. It's subtle things that we don't look at in the in the in the checks and balances that say, you know what? Forget about Floyd. You can go with other people. You can say, hey, you know what? This guy has done a great job. With control, heck, Bradley had great ring generalship against Juan Manuel Marquez. I was shocked. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, to demystify it, because you know Harold Letterman has a certain way of coming up yeah, with terms <laughs> which he judges fights. And, and right, when you look right, at it, right, when you right. look at a fight through the lens of Harold Letterman, it's like at <laughs> a fight through the lens of Stevie Wonder sometimes. So. Because Ricky uh, Hamm was winning. Rada Dodd didn't believe you know, me, but you know, Howard, Howard the, Letterman is being um, credited as coining that that term. Uh, that's probably somebody who's not well informed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and he he couldn't have that term been out before him because if you listen to old radio tapes, they always used the word. Um, he pop used to have these radio tapes where like uh, like old fights. And they, you know, they they would break the fight down. They always use the term ring generalship. Yeah, but, but, it goes but back, you know what? Back, but to you the, know what? Ring generalship you know? yeah. is is really. I think yes, ring generalship is going to be important. But this fight. Is it's going to be? It, it's it's got so many levels of just ring generalship, and I think and, and that, and might, if, if might, one, that's, that's what we covered the intent. That's what we doing. That's yeah. what we doing. Well, like I said, I, I just think uh, you know, I, we we talked about it. Yeah, we all. I think all of us agree that Floyd is probably the better. Not probably, and that's okay. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. Better, I mean, that's why but, we're doing the layers, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's okay. We're we're wearing out the pros and the cons between each to get us to where we need to get to in the end, which is you know all of our predictions. Then we can have the hash out. And let me say this real fast before you go, Mike. And I'm gonna say this. I don't think. <clears throat> and to your point, I agree with you, Big Bro. I said before this fight. That's why I brought up Forrest and Mayorga. I don't think ring being being unbiased and you know and fair balance. I don't think ring generalship wins you the fight, 
majority of the time. I think it wins. I mean, most of the time. I think it wins it probably. You know, seven. You know, seven out of ten times. I said, but when you look at it, there are some anomalies that you had. There's some times where you have somebody like a Mayorga that comes in, and a person that really does a good job of having ring generalship doesn't, and he winds up getting touched. So you know what's funny, Radada? I was in a barbershop earlier today, right, and it was a fight on that I haven't seen in quite a while. Speaking of ring generalship, it was Kevin Kelly and Nassim Hamed. And yep. you remember how that fight was going? Kevin Kelly was out boxing him, dropped Nassim. Dropped me up in his mouth. And all it took was some unorthodox punch out of Crazy. nowhere, and that changed the yeah. dynamics of the fight. This and was you a know, perfect Trent, that's example. That's one of the things I love about. about boxing so much, because you can come in there with your ring generalship, be your conditioning, <laughs> and then all that mumble jumbo, and you can still get stretched. And, and that's what I love about boxing, because <laughs> boxing, boxing is, 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 it's like a true serum. Once you step yeah. in that ring, I don't care what you, who you come from, what you have, at the end of the day, if you you always got a shot, you always got a shot up until the twelfth, the, the the final seconds of the twelfth round, and we saw that with Melvin Taylor and, and Chavez, Charlotte, and your ring general, and, 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 and we we see that all the time. But we don't. But that's what this fight is not about. This fight is not going to be about ring generalship. And this is why we love Big Mike because he says. Hit that green thing off my plate and leave the steak in the potatoes. What is that right. green thing? Well, he speaks. He speaks for the. He speaks for the. You know, we're more cynical and you know diplomatic about it, and Big Mike just go right to it. You know, and but people big, love big it. Mike, big, big Mike. Big Mike uh, appeals to the to the spirit of the Wisconsin fan, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First, I'm having rooted for Duke, by the way, but that's... By, by the way, yeah, the, uh, the NCAA championship game is on right now. It's going yeah, yeah, the, it's a good it's game. I've been, I've been multitasking, right watching at that point. So let's let's hit this last topic off, Doc, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll you know, take five until next week. Um, I don't know what, what, what was next on the agenda, but... Uh, well, it's I think, a, I, think, I, think, I, think I think it's safe to say we can cap it off right here. Um, okay, yeah. All right, on, just... Before we go, well, before we go, can I just say this one thing? This is the biggest fight in the world. I don't even think it's not even being promoted. I mean, it, this fight leads me to wonder: Are they still even fighting sometimes? No, 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 no. no, no, no. It, it, they just it, did a big commercial today. I think, yeah, I think the promotion's starting to hit now, though. Like I've been yeah, seeing, yeah, yeah. You got, I've been seeing. You got to remember, promotion, Mike, Mike. The promotion was going to hit a month out, a month outside, a month right. out from the fight. So and right now, college basketball, seeing, like it's going to peak yeah. right now. You're going to start seeing the HBO uh, countdown on Manny Pacquiao. You're going to start seeing the the Floyd Mayweather countdown on Showtime. So you're going to start seeing a lot more ads and things that are that are pertinent to the fight uh, on, on May 2nd because they didn't want to really shoot their load early. Like, right, like you were saying, right. a lot of things that they're competing with. So and, God, and got keep in mind, too, that's going right? to be the biggest sporting weekend we have too because it, it happens the same day as the Kentucky Derby, NBA playoffs. NBA playoff. Yeah, uh, Yan- Yankees, Red Sox is playing. You have oh uh, wow, wow! It's, it's, it's some other stuff that's going on, but it's, it's going to be like a. I think it's a uh, Chris Brown concert. Never <laughs> <laughs> good time goodbye. Dropping. Yeah. Day before the, uh, that event. Well, right. um, but real quick, Doc, we got some dates, right? Like some 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 movies, some documentaries and stuff. 
coming up within the next week or two? Uh, you talking about Bob, as far as like this fight, the second de Mayo? Um, yeah, isn't it a, like a documentary? That... There's, a, there's a there's a documentary that HBO is airing on Manny Pacquiao. Right, and yeah. um, and, and yeah, and it's, already, it's already on iTunes. I checked it out. Yeah. And then you had the Showtime yeah. treatment that they're doing on, on Floyd. So, you know, uh, I know there's gonna they're gonna start promoting the fight. I know they said we're not gonna get a traditional twenty four seven, in the sense of you're gonna have both fighters. But I think a lot of it is is due to the fact that you have two competing networks. Yeah, yeah, trying to you know trying right. to trying to you know keep their content in house. You know, they're not gonna. No one wants to uh, give up. Each, Give up their assets, and in, 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 in this instance, being the fighters. So, what they're, you're going to start seeing more proprietary promotions from Showtime and from HBO, so they can kind of keep their content in house. But you're going to like, like, just to, to Mike, Big Mike's point, you're going to start seeing a peak in a promotion, and they're going to start turning it up a little bit more, leading into uh, to the uh, to the May second uh, climax. But uh, it's a, it's an exciting time for for boxing fans right now. No and, doubt. You know, and, and if it brings attention to cards like the one we had last weekend and the one coming up this weekend, I think it's going to be a win-win situation for the sport overall. They, have they announced the undercard for this fight yet? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Jesse, Jesse Hart, on there. Jesse's heart. Jesse Hart. Philly's on, you know. Somebody said Lomachenko? Lomachenko's on there, too. yeah. Yeah, I think he's on there. So it's three fights, right? Televised, three televised fights. Three to yeah, three televised, and then One I forgot TMC. who the. I think Chris Pearson's fighting. He's he's on the card too. And is it eight, is it eighty nine or ninety nine dollars? Which one is it? Eighty nine. It's a hundred. It's a hundred. Yeah, everybody's gonna get the high depth, so it's like yeah, yeah. yeah you know, nobody, nobody, nobody gets some. I want to. I mean, you're not gonna have one. 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 You're not for the for the past week, and it's a shame, man. You know what? Pay per view, man, is not going to be the same. Going are the days of fifty and forty dollar pay per views. This basically pushed every pay per view we're going to see in the future out of the water. Like basically, you talking about supply and demand now? Pay per views are going to probably be more than sixty dollars now. Just be prepared for that. No, you know what? You're right, you know what? Ride or die. You know what? Ride or die. On, on the real though, who has pushed this level is Floyd Mayweather. He's pushed his pay, pay-per-view le, uh, level north of $60. But here's the thing. After he retires, Duke. it's going to be hard to justify Duke. somebody on a $99 pay-per-view. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I not really, Rod Big Mike. Not really, uh, I don't not know. really Mike. Uh-uh. Yeah. Supply because and even, demand. It depends. Because I'm gonna supply and demand because I'm going to tell you something. Even before Floyd, like to be honest, look at, look at what we were paying for any pay-per-views. Like I think about like – with, with Tyson and Lewis, I remember paying thirty nine dollars for one of the Tyson ones back. Yeah, in the what day. about Ty, what about Tyson yeah. and Lewis? Remember that went up. That was the first even the um fifty nine dollar yeah, I mean, pay per view. It's a it's inflation, man. Yeah, you got it. That thirty nine dollars is not thirty nine dollars today. It's more. Yeah, but, like, I, mean, right, I, think, I mean, that's but, like But, but you got to put it into perspective too. Is like this isn't your ordinary pay per view. I mean, I can understand. I mean, there's still. Yeah. Several pay per view fights we want to see, like you know, like a Cotto Canelo or something like that. That's that. what so I like, was That fight ain't going to be ninety nine dollars. Yeah. That that's going to be like no, it's not Roberto. But I bet you a dollar. You know what? You know, you come to our next fight party. I bet you a dollar that we're not going to be paying sixty or fifty dollars for pay per view. I bet you that pay per view going to be seventy. 
How much you want to bet nah. on that? Oh no, I mean no, 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 no. Yeah, like it is seventy. It's that. That's like no. The, I can say no, Big Mike. You saying that, but that fight, if it gets made and you know Canal looks good, let me tell you what's the, happening that y'all really but, don't know. With Al Heyman and this this network production that he's doing right now, he's going to make it difficult for pay per view in the future, because now that you're getting quality fights for free, the HBOs and the Showtimes of the world. They're going to be they're going to be clamoring just to get the good fights on their network, let alone pay per view. The pay per view days of ninety nine dollars is at what you see on May third. That's going to be the end of that for a while. If, the, if we still see uh, um, if we're still seeing good quality fights on on Saturday afternoons, that's that's on, that's going to be done. Well, he was talking about like he wanted to get boxing off of it. Like I think he said, in, yeah. I don't know if they interviewed him or somebody affiliated with him, and they were saying. The whole thing with the network that's mission. Yeah. Was, that's, is, is yeah. they want to get it off the pay-per-view because it's like, that's, I mean, again, we got to see, like, Heyman is putting all his money in, but at the same time, yeah. you know, pay-per-view is killing the sport. And what, what, and what he's doing, this is what I do like what he's doing. Because of the afternoon, he's putting these quality fights. He's taking all of this wind out of the sails of HBO and Showtime, right? So... If this sustains and if this if this pulls off and works for a while, what's going to happen eventually is those pay per view fights that you would pay fifty and sixty, they're going to be regular fights on HBO and Showtime what a because they're going to lose they're going to lose a lot of subscriptions because of this or of these type of fights, uh, and and to be able to get the fights that you want to see, you want to have to go <laughs> on those Showtime networks. Pay-per-view, I'm telling you, pay-per-view is going to, he's going to kill pay-per-view. Well, it's going to take time. It's going to take time. Well, I think I the sponsorship. Think it's take time. Well, look, well, let me, well, well, let me, well, let me interject real quick, man. Like, I know I I, I may mention this before with, with the whole Vince McMahon thing and everything, but, like, that dude was, he's really the king of pay-per-view. He's the one who really launched, like, the modern-day, like, paradigm of what pay-per-view looks like. If you look at what he's doing the, the it just doesn't add up anymore, man. Like it's kind of like in a sense, like the jig is up. I mean, like mm-hmm. like you know, like like Steve was saying, like I I just don't see another event that is gonna. Because I mean, we have again, we have to take into account why this fight is a hundred dollars. I mean, there's a, like a trillion hands in the pot that all got to get paid. Yeah, it's a three hundred dollars. So forth and yeah. so forth. But yeah, I think point. the yeah. whole the whole the whole thing with the whole thing with Al Heyman is. He is, in a sense, and again, it brings kind of like back to Danny Garcia. Like, I think it's kind of like he's in a way under pressure to make the fights that a lot of the fans want to see. And again, like, we're only two, three, or four cards in with these network deals. And, and, and like, we're already talking about this one being better than the next one, so or than the last one. So if this is the trend where they're going to start, like, almost almost like negating the cable networks, where we're going we're gonna to start to see these big fights, on NBC and CBS. Now, that's not to say the pay-per-view will die out, but I think the idea is to make the pay-per-view like kind of like get us thirsty to like say, yeah, hell yeah, we're dropping to 60 or 70, <laughs> as opposed to like now we kind of like either have no choice or we'll just go and try and find a stream. But, you know, I think right. it just – it has to be some type of shakeup. But, I, I yeah, I just – this the $99 is like – I think this is like a, a one-time deal. At least, well – <laughs> for right uh, now, like, I mean, like, we'll just say what will happen in, like, years from now, but... 
Now it's not going to be, and I'm saying it's not going to. There's not going to be pay per view. So y'all missing a point. I'm not saying. Well, I know what you. Well, I understand well, what you're saying. Right? No, no, no. Like, 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 no, hear me out. Hear me out. Because I just think that here's the thing. It's when you look at. I have a degree in marketing, right? Not that it matters, but like when you look at this stuff every day, you look at how people set a price, and you and you look at it like look at Jordans. We like. No one's going to pay that. And then what happens right. is people actually go and pay it. Who's going to yeah. pay $100 for a pair of sneakers? Then what no, happens no. is, guess what? People actually do it for the ugliest pair of sneakers, man. Just no, because what idiot paying $15 to go to the movies for a ticket? You know, who would have, you would have said that 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, right. Right. Yeah, so, so there's a progression in everything. And, it, and what I'm saying is it doesn't have to be a fully made. All I'm saying is that, you know what, it's just giving people, you talk about them same hands in the pots. Don't think that, you know, it may not be Floyd Mayweather. It may not be Floyd Mayweather Manny Pacquiao. It may be another fight. They're going to basically boost up like that movie, The Great White Height. Now we think we're buying all into it. And now, guess what? Now all of a sudden we're saying, oh, I'd never do that. And then all of a sudden, you know what? We're paying $75 for this pay-per-view. It's just like that commercial we see with that guy, suburban, you know, suburban white dad said, I never get married, and you see him getting married, and then you get married. Oh yeah, with the right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the problem: the fundamental prop, the fundamental economics of boxing right now are just is just not there. It's almost like the music business, man. It's just the money is just not there like it used to be, and so nah, they got to you know, as long as long as something, they got to do something. As long as pay-per-view is not it. Nah, but as long as Mike, what I'm saying is, it's almost like this. It's almost like turning somebody, like you turn somebody out. Like once they do this, it's sort of like, all right, now we got you doing this now. Now you're going to do whatever you want us to do. We're going to do whatever you want us to do. So at the end of the day, don't be surprised if you see some garbage out there that's going to basically be sold for like $75. I'm telling you, like they, the gone on them days for pay-per-view that you're going to see, uh, you know, 30 40 50. They, it's going to be above 50 and $60. Now, basically, when you go over and watch a pay-per-view now, you better go, you better come over to your homie house with $25. Straight up. <laughs> I'm telling you know, right well, now. Uh, the, I, well, I think the first <clears throat> Canelo fight was like the highest like, mm-hmm. ever as far as like, it was like 70, it was like 75, at least in my end. Exactly. For the HD was $75. Mm-hmm. That's exactly well, what I'm saying. So, I mean, and, and, and just so you guys understand, too, I mean, like I said, that's, that's all part of the landscape of boxing, too, is because boxing, you can't, boxing, when you try to monetize the sport in terms of, like, the, the additional revenue streams, it's not like any other sports where you have sponsorships and endorsements yeah. and you have merch that you can sell. So, that's at the end of the day, do. you know, if you want to grow the sport and try to take it into uh of the realms, you you have to expect as a as a boxing fan, you have to expect that there will be incremental costs associated with you know these fights, and you know we got to be prepared to support like the top tier fights. So it's like almost you're paying for premium content at the end of the day. Like when you're looking at this fight of Floyd Mayweather and Pacquiao, yeah, fight has been trying. We've been trying to see this fight made for the last five years. So now yeah, here it is, right. five years later. Regard regardless of what we feel. In regards to you know, are these fighters still in their prime? Are they past their prime? Are they almost out of their prime? I don't know, but what we can say is this is premium content you're paying for, you know. So, you know, and, and based on on the on the current pay structure that's out here in terms of how we're going to pay these boxers to get them in the ring, you got to be prepared to pay a premium. Now, I think 
for future fights, you know, we can. I don't know if the formula is in place to determine what's a premium fight versus what's a, a fair market value price. But I just think that you know this fight does it does set a precedent in terms of how you're going to adjust pay per views moving forward. And it's like maybe now the needle move a little bit a little bit higher in terms of what a pay per view costs now. So instead of your typical forty nine ninety five for for HD for a non premium tier fight, now you're going to pay fifty nine ninety five. So to, to his to RD's point, it does move the needle in terms of like how you know. Uh, the boxing economics are currently uh, dictating what the pay structure is. And, you know, you can expect to pay a little bit more, but at the same time, as a as boxing fan, because there aren't anything, there aren't any other streams that supplement uh, the sport, we have to be willing to pay for it. I mean, I don't know if it's fair, but we got we got to accept that that's what's going to happen if we're going to keep seeing these fights being made on these networks. So, Network fights are free, so you know expect expect to pay for it for it somewhere else. So uh, I don't know if you guys have anything else to add to this. Great well, discussion see, the network add. fights are the network fights are free, but uh, I think that's what they're trying to do with the likes of like for instance, you don't pay you don't pay pay per view to see the Super Bowl, you don't pay pay per view to see the NBA playoffs. The the the, um, the sponsors they they pay for those things and, but you, uh, you, and you and you have to see a lot of commercials in between uh-huh. right? and, I, and I think uh-huh. I, but you know what I'd rather Good see point, a lot Doc. of commercials I'd rather see a lot of commercials than to get to get pulled over and hauled over and pay sixty seventy dollars to see marginal fighters scrap it up and uh, and and that's the one thing I like about what's going on with uh, with Al Heyman what he's trying to do. Is uh, he's trying to bring the money back to boxing, the sponsorships, um, uh, a lot of, uh, and bringing boxing to the forefront because boxing has really been, ever since since the late the late '80s, has really been sort of tucked away and hidden back with the networks. And I remember because it, 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 you know at the point it seemed like it had exclusivity because nobody really had HBO or cable back then. It was like, you know, you found out somebody's house you went to. And then after that, boxing started to really, it, it started to wither on the vine. And in recent years, it's gotten, it's gotten a lot worse. So the pay-per-view model doesn't work. The, the, the network, Showtime, HBO model, Obviously, that's not working because you have these 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 cold wars, and and now it's time for the fans to get back. And I think this is the last impasse of the last era of the '90s, where you know where you had it dominated by networks and and these promoters. And I think after this, it's really going to open up for boxing in the world. And it's going to be it's going to be it's, I'm not going to say it's going to be comparable to like a baseball or basketball. But I do think that boxing is really going to come back to where it's going to be supported on its own by by network TV. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if any of y'all read this uh, today, but like apparently, and and this is like like this is really happening. Like they're apparently making like PBC belts. Mm-hmm. Like they they're have in production the, right they now. Have the, the, the production in England or in the UK mm-hmm. somewhere, you know, and and, and it's. <laughs> And, and I'm thinking that, you know, it's like we, we've been talking about this for like the last few weeks as far as like how he's just gathering all this talent and he's got the network, he's got all the network deals in line. Well, I want to say 85 to 90% of them of the major ones with the exception of Fox, but 
it kind of it, it gets interesting because we got we've got to remember with boxing like with the ABC organizations like they in a sense are the ones or partially ones that you know sanction the fights per you know what titles on the line and what have you but it's like it's kind of interesting how things are kind of looking to play out because it looks like like every month it's just something new coming out with him and as far as like how boxing could look in the next like few years it's kind of nuts man now Roberto take that same thought think about how boxing was on there think of how migrated to the cable networks all it takes is for supply and demand again like Coltrane and Docs talked about, and all it takes is for one greedy person, Al Heyman, to say, you know what? I got a lot of people biting on this line, this Blue Magic. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start raising the price of Blue Magic now because I can get more <laughs> money out of it. Yeah, but I'm just being honest. It just works that <laughs> way, man. Blue Magic ain't going to stay 25 Blue Magic ain't going to cost you ten dollars no more. You know what? Right, but now it's not it's... gonna cost us why to die because the money's not with us. Nah, the money is nah, with the listen. sponsors. Nah, I agree listen, with you on that. But he's he's selling crack to the wrong people. He's selling it to the sponsors now. And that's where it needs to be. You know Yeah, but you but know what? With, I don't like Al Hammond. I don't like hold on, uh, let me just say I don't like Al Hammond. He pumped and dumped Golden Boy bad. And what they and I know they took advantage of Oscar and crack and everything, that. but they pumped and dumped Golden Boy like they pimped it, and then they got a nerve to come at Richard Schaefer. Richard Schaefer is a freaking charlatan, and if somebody did that to my company, whether if I'm on crack, you have my my closest associate out there really pumping and dumping me, and then try to buy me back. I mean that's some slimy stuff right there, and and it, notwithstanding everything with the Cold War, which is really was on that side anyway. But anyway, that's another story. What he's doing now, he's he, what he's doing now, he's doing the right thing. He's going out, he's selling the crack to the the, the um, to the sponsors and getting them to pay for boxing, and that way that everybody can see boxing, and that way that you could draw talent to the sport. People are not what? talent are not going to boxing. They want to go to football. Oh. They want to go to basketball. What? Let's give Big Mike the last word. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to cut you guys off, but we've been going. We've, we've actually gone a half hour over, and this is, has been a very spirited discussion. And I think this is actually this is actually another show on, on, on the real though. I mean, this is actually a show in itself when we're talking about the economics of the sport. I don't know if it's as glamorous to some people as as discussing, you know. The, the so-called fight of the century or just talking about pure boxing. But, you know, this is a very, very important topic when, when you're talking about what's moving the needle forward, when we talk about the economics of the sport, which is actually something that, that has, that, that has a, a huge impact in which fights get made and which fighters get on what networks and which fighters fight on pay-per-view and which fighters fight on, on free TV. So, this is something that we're gonna we're gonna bring back and and, and address on on a future show because this is obviously very very important and, and a very passionate discussion. Um, we're gonna post a, a slight uh, we're gonna post a recap on our Instagram page that's Guard Your Grill Boxing on Instagram. Make sure you follow us on there where we constantly update the page. We have some very interesting posts. You know, this is something that's geared towards the fans. Uh, you know, always don't. You know, always remember this is something. This is we're we're fans that are fans of the sport first and foremost, and 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 and, and as you can as you can tell by our spirited discussion, this is a great word, spirited. Um, we're gonna come back. Where are we on again next week, train? 
train. Are we on next week? He's got caught up in the Duke fiasco. Yeah, so. well, Duke just won a national championship. So we'll be back. We'll be back, we'll be back next week. <laughs> we'll be back next week, and we'll be we'll be continuing our countdown uh, for this big second uh, Floyd Mayweather Manny Pacquiao fight. We'll be addressing some more of the intangibles, and we'll be covering. We'll have a recap of this uh, card coming up this weekend. Uh, Danny Garcia versus Lamont Peterson and Peter Quillen and Andy Lee that's taking place at the Barclays Center. Make sure you tune in next Monday at 9.30 p.m. on Talk Talk Shoe Radio. So, again, uh, thanks to everybody that came on and and listened to us and and shared with us. And and, and thanks to the members of GYGB that gave their – their valuable insight and uh, and their input into these uh, into this fight and the last fights that happened last week. And so we're going to sign off tonight and make sure you tune in next week. And again, check our Guard Your Grill boxing.com page and check make sure you check up check up on our Guard Your Grill YouTube account for some of our past videos and some of our past work, so you can kind of get a little bit more familiar with what we've done and what we're doing and what we're covering. So stay tuned for more of our recap and more of our countdown on the Mayweather-Pacquiao May 2nd fight. So we're signing off. Thank you guys for joining us, and thank you, squad. Peace.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.